So you want to watch a movie, but you don't know which. Choosing the one can be a bitch. But Jared and Drew have perfected the art. So sit back, relax, and trust the dark. It's dark. What's going on, everyone? I'm Drew. And I'm Jared. And welcome, welcome, welcome to the first ever Dartboard Movie Night Yet Untitled Awards Show, also known as The Yunas. Tonight, we take a stroll back through the last 50 episodes worth of board selections to hand out our golden dart trophies to the very best of what we've covered so far. Jared, this is a very exciting night. Dude, very exciting, very special occasion. How does it feel for us to be co-hosting such a prestigious award show? I'm just so happy that they, they picked us, you know? <laughs> I can't do any worse than some of the recent Oscar hosts, so yeah, we'll see yeah. about that. I don't think it's possible for either of us to get assaulted in this conversation <laughs> just because we're doing it remotely, even though there may be some testiness. Like, I, I, I'm excited to, to just talk about where we're at in all these movies, but, uh, but yeah, I don't expect uh, physical violence. <laughs> Thankfully, we don't have Warren Beatty there to read off the wrong name to uh, yeah. Best Picture. So yeah. I think we can I think we can handle delivering that okay. But without further ado, I think we should jump into the awards here, Jared. We've got a lot to cover. We've got 17 awards that we're giving out tonight. Yeah, it's good categories too. 17. Not I guess we probably should have worked to make it 20, but fuck it. <laughs> 17. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to force it. We've got we've got categories we're excited to talk about here. We should start out here with, I think, supporting performance, much in the way that the Oscars start out with their best supporting performances. Um, we are going gender neutral with our nominees. So Jared and I have compiled 10 nominees each in both our uh, supporting and lead performance categories. Um, but we'll start here with supporting. Jared, do you want to list off your, your nominees? And, and I think we hold the winner until we've both listed our nominees. To kick it off, I'm going to start with Joe Pantoliano in Bound. Joey Pants, the legend. As we were kind of putting these lists together and I was doing my thing, I was like thinking, who are some of the great supporting performances? And I was like, that's just one that really stuck with me. Yeah. Like, he's just awesome in that movie, especially when he's really cracking up. He's so damn good. So that's one. Gene Hackman in Birdcage wow. is another one that I just absolutely loved. Like... He's so damn funny in that movie. He had me in stitches, and I had he he does play that sort of dry, crusty character. A lot. I'm ruined. It's just he's so so funny. So Gene Hackman is another one. I have George Kennedy in Thunderbolt and Lightfoot Whoa, as one of my favorite I supportings. Love that. He just go fuck a duck. He's so damn funny in that movie, and he's also there's a darkness that gets frightening that's kind of unexpected. Like so, it's a, it's actually got a character. It's a performance that's got a lot going on, but it's one that I really just admired and loved. I have Tony Collette in The Sixth Sense. Just, I mean, I mean, she actually won the Oscar, if I'm not mistaken. She did for this performance, and or, or so did she? deserved. I I know she was at least nominated. Nope, she was just nominated. Didn't nominate. Wow. Well, I don't know who won, but I mean, she is so incredible in that movie. Yes. Like, um. Just such a character, so easy to love that character, and it's such a fantastic performance. I have Diana Rigg in On Her Majesty's Secret you Service. You son of a bitch, you usurped me. That was going to be my <laughs> hammer blow. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I love her in that movie. Uh, she's great. 
I have Ben Kingsley in Schindler's List as another one that I just was totally swooned with. Amazing. Maybe my favorite performance I've seen of his, which is saying something. Yeah. I have Dolph Lundgren, Universal Soldier, is someone I'm considering for sure. Um, he just was. Well, he's a nominee, right? Fantastic. He's a yeah. These are all just nominees. Yeah. Okay. I I just I loved him and was not expecting him to be that good. And he really. I mean, that's part of it, you know, like the surprise of it all. But I thought that was really a great performance, and he's so fun in that movie. I have Chris Tucker in Fifth Element as Whoa. another best supporting. Good pick. I like that. He's just awesome in that movie, dude. I love Chris Tucker and and everything, but he really shines in that. I have Charles Grodin in Catch Twenty Two, and now you could argue that this is almost choice. more of a—it's almost more of a best supporting supporting, which is a category we're going to get to even like a smaller amount of scenes in a film. Mm-hmm. So you could put him in that category too. But every time he's in that movie, I'd like can't really take my eyes off him, and he's just hysterical to me until he gets really dark and and kind of crazed. But yeah, that's I, but I think he's a key enough character. He's he's yeah. definitely supporting performance. Yeah. I think that's fair. Uh, again, kind of in that uh, George Kennedy vein of like hilarious, but then there's just some real darkness there too. Yeah. Um, and then the last that I'm just listing is Jason Robards and All the President's Men. Of course. Just an, an incredible performance. The original Big Dog. The original Big Dog, Jason Robards himself. And again, steals pretty much every scene he's in in that film and is just... Amazing. So that's my list without mentioning what my number one is. Okay. Uh, that's what I got. What, you, what are you working with for best supporting? So for best supporting, I've got a few overlaps with you for sure. Cool. But we'll go through cool. it. Um, mm-hmm. First overlap, Joey Pants. Joe Pantoliano <laughs> really? and is outstanding. I thought that was going to be a sleeper of mine. No. God, yeah. Dude, he's, he's, he, is, he is unreal in that movie. Um, yeah. I've rewatched that since we did that episode, and mm-hmm. that movie is... So fucking good. Yeah, dude, that movie is sick. For it, it's first like I, I, I underrated it and, and we loved it on the episode. But <laughs> looking back at that episode, I, I definitely was selling this movie short. It is it is really fucking good. Dude, that movie is sick. I love that you loved Joey Pants too. Like, think of that scene when he after he kills that guy, he's like shaking him. Yeah. He's look at you now or whatever he's saying. Yeah. He's just like, dude, this guy is falling apart in front of our eyes and it's yeah. he doesn't and you perfect. understand why he's falling apart, yeah. apart because the things around him that are happening are making him go crazy anyway yeah so yeah. It, it great performance gloria graham in in uh Ooh. in a lonely place oh she shit. is so good in that movie mm-hmm. um i yeah i just i love yeah. that performance that was an early favorite of mine and it, and it stayed on my list the whole year yeah, that's a cool answer too because we think of like acting in that time sometimes can be viewed in a modern perspective as a little stodgy and she's mm-hmm. totally not in that no. movie. She's awesome. No, she's incredible. Um, mm-hmm. I also have Tony Collette in The Sixth Sense. Just a brilliant nice. performance. Amazing. Um, Amazing. Diane Weist in The Birdcage. That's my Birdcage novel. Oh, really? Yes. She is so understatedly funny in that movie and her just... The, the flip that she makes from going from, you know, uh, uh, just unfortunate, unfortunately beaten down housewife to like <laughs> someone who actually is like, like pulling the strings a little bit yeah, is, yeah, yeah. is so good. And her like reaction to uh, when, when I, th- I think it's when the, the uh, daughter is telling them about uh, the parents and she's like, they're, uh, he's an attache to Greece. And she's like, yeah. 
really? (laughs) The way she delivers that just kills me. So yeah, she had to make it in. I love that. That that's one that didn't cross my mind. And now that you're mentioning it, I'm like, oh yeah, fuck, she is really good. Good, good choice. I I didn't I didn't sing her praises enough on that episode. Um, Haley Joel Osment, The Sixth Sense. Oh God, Uh, what an incredible! That's that's one of the best kid performances of all time. It's just you're right. I almost view it as like he's a primary performer, but you're right. That's no, Bruce but Willis. Bruce Willis that's is the Bruce central Willis character, character of that movie. You're right. Yeah, the, he's like it's his arc that's driving yeah. that movie. Haley mm-hmm. Joel Osment is just like you know the the is his main focus. Exactly, but the movie's exactly. not. About, yeah, that's a great choice. And, and to, to your point, just think of how much he sticks out in my mind. Uh, if you can imagine what's in my mind, but just whenever I think of the Sixth Sense, I really think of him. I think of that performance. It's 100%. so spectacular in it. Electric. Um, mm-hmm. I also have Jason Robards and All the President's Men. You know, undeniable so, performance. Yeah. So, so good. Stephen Yen in Burning. That Ooh. performance is unreal. Yes. I won't so spoil he- what happens at the end because if you're listening to this and you haven't watched Burning yet, it is... One of the best movies of yeah. the last 10 years, no question. Yeah. And yeah. Stephen Yen in that movie has to play two sides of a coin at the same mm-hmm. time. He has to be both able to be read as a threat and as someone who's like on your side at the same time mm-hmm. and for that movie to work. He holds yeah. that movie up. And I won't spoil what happens at the end, but mm-hmm. the way that he depicts that final scene of that movie is mm-hmm. one of the most incredible acting feats I've ever seen put to film. So. Yes, yes. And it's, it's uh, also won't spoil it. I will recommend very highly. It's a movie that requires patience. Yes. But if you have Stick not listened it. to our episode on it yet, um, give it a shot, but don't listen to our episode before watching it. I can't, like, that might be the number one movie on the list of, like, don't have it spoiled. Sandra Bernhardt in The King of Comedy. This was the one that I can't believe didn't make it onto your list. Yeah. Because in the episode, you literally called it out. You're like, she's like a big dog contender. Yeah. Like she's That performance to me is unreal. And um, How did it not make your I list? I will say, there's a reason it's not on the list. Okay, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> well, yeah, great performance. But she, unbelievable. Uh, Jaw-dropping. Oh, and, and the fact that she goes toe-to-toe with De Niro and maybe even as the better performance of the two in the movie is incredible. They're just, they're both just so fucking good in that movie. But we'll get to De Niro. Yeah. Um, (laughs) James Earl Jones, Conan the Barbarian. Hell yes. One of the best villain performances of all time. It's better than him as Darth Vader, in my opinion. He's Mm -hmm. just amazing in that movie. I love it. Well, Um, he gets to shine. We get to see his face. We get to see his eyes. And it's just, I mean, obviously Darth Vader is iconic and great, but like, He's got so little to work with in that film. Yeah. This, we really got to see him at work. Absolutely. And then, as I said before, my hammer blow was going to be Dame Diana Rigg for On Her so Majesty's Secret good. Service. But you know what? You, the reason I didn't expect you to do that is in that episode, you specifically were shocked that I was calling it one of the best performances we had covered on the show. Mm. So I, how, know, how did it eventually make I it think, onto your list? I think it just really grew on me. And, and as I was kind of compiling this down, I was like, when, when we think about these lists and as we get them together, what pops out? And I think, what were some of those performances that really stood out that were not 
uh, that there were not really the primary yeah. focus of the film. You were and saying it at the beginning. In. You were saying yeah. it at the beginning of the episode before, we, or I think we had just mm-hmm. started recording. But just like there are those ones that where it's like if if it doesn't immediately come to you in the moment mm-hmm. as like oh that's a great performance, it's probably yeah. not one of those that you should be putting on the list. And this is one of those where it sounds like for you and definitely yeah. for me, it just hung around, and you're just like, damn, that is yeah. a movie star. Yeah, and it's just like you can't fight the pop in. Like if you think like what were some of the like you don't don't want to wrestle with the thought like she, Diana Rigg popped in my mind when I was yeah like, when you start going like oh, was it though but was it great it's like no if it can't, if it occurred to me and I'm thinking <laughs> I'm pondering what were the greats and I just I'm like I'm, like, I'm not fighting this there's yeah. something about her in that movie that is so sexy and confident yeah. and there are I can nitpick and be like oh, I don't like when she kind of goes down the damsel road a little bit at some point in the movie but but fuck it she's so cool in that movie. And, uh, I don't yeah, think that's I'm her not, fault either, good. because I think no, that's no, a little bit like '60s, you know, yep. uh, hypermasculine view of, of uh, you yeah. know, gender norms, and like she gets yeah. she gets painted into that corner, like no no fault of Diana Riggs, because yeah. when she has a chance to show her like strength and power, like, yeah, I mean she is she is literally my yeah. all time favorite Bond girl now, like no yeah. question, and Dude, and that's coming from a there. super fan of that series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've seen them all. You've seen every Bond film now. And I think we don't have this as a category, but she would be very high on my list for best character introductions. The minute she's introduced oh. in that movie, I'm, it's at the poker table, right? It's just like, who yeah. is this? Well, no, you, see her, you so... see her in the um, the ocean because like, uh, isn't, isn't oh, that... Bond fighting off that guy that's attacking that's her? That's right. She drives away or something, right? right? She yeah, flees. but she steals yeah, his right. car and like drives away. That's right. And he's yeah. just like, what does this happen to the other guy? Is that cheesy line or whatever it is. Yeah. But yeah, she she when, when we get to actually see her speak and stuff at the poker table, it's just yes. like, it's just like, who is this? And right. then she's just so uh, cunning and dude. And it's like the hairs on the twisted. back of your neck stand up yeah. when she like gets introduced. You're just like, oh and my god, who is this? Yeah. And like, and it's that electricity we always talk about. Absolutely, and just so so sexy. Let's not leave that unsaid. She's just yeah. remarkable. Hundred percent. Yeah. Anyway, so do you want? Yeah, yeah. let's um, let's say our winners. I'll let you go first. Yeah. Okay. So this one was not too tough, honestly. I was like, that's the one. That's the one that was my favorite okay. best supporting. It Jared's Yuna for best supporting goes to the Golden Dart. Goes to Chris Tucker in the Fifth Element. Wow! <laughs> yeah. Could never have guessed that you were going to go I, that direction. Again, it it just popped in, and I'm looking at the list. I've, I've got my names, and it's like, what's the one that I just would, would, would just stole the show? And no Chris way. Tucker, that movie is so well built for his energy and his style. And it's so operatic and over the top and so big in a lot of ways. And Chris Tucker can go small. Like you see, but, but he's better when he goes big and when he's in a sort of uh, structure that allows him to do that. And he just, so, just totally shines in that movie. And I just love the performance. We talked about it a bit on the episode, but there's just so much confidence in it. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's it with the hair less confidence, the whole thing would fall apart. And I think it's just really ballsy and uh, I think it just takes a lot of courage to do a performance like that, just to be like out there and just being so ridiculous it's and committed. trusting that it's going to work. Yeah. And also, let's just give a shout out to the director, too, for allowing do, doing their part to make the actor feel comfortable, because that's yeah. definitely an ingredient in the formula. Yeah. No, I mean, he, he perfectly fit into what Luke Besson wanted to get out of that movie. And I think like when you're it's it's funny, like when you're having to be 
essentially the sidekick character for the back half of the movie to like the most reserved, the most stoic Mm -hmm. uh, character in, in Bruce Willis. Like you, it's to, to counterbalance that, (laughs) <laughs> like you have to go so big and l- like in that world, it, it just fits perfectly. It's Dude, great. There's there's think of a scene that where they're like under the t- the sliding table together and he's just shouting even yeah. after all the action has subsided. Yeah, he's just he's great. And yeah, he's my he's my winner. I love it. My winner is Tony Collette from The Sixth Sense. Woo! I mean, I just I, I love your pick, but I was just like, can anyone even fucking argue with this? Like this is like one of the best supporting performances ever given, at least that I've seen. Like, it's just, it's just tremendous. Like, it brings me to tears every time I see it. Just like, she, she brings just this level of humanity to a character that um, so often can just like be painted with stereotypes and, you know, bullshit and, and just made like, you know, a prop in the movie. And she's anything but a prop. Like her, her arc is like this whole side arc that is happening that you don't even know is happening like through most of the movie, you know, where yeah. she's dealing with like processing whether this kid is going crazy. And like, she's like, what do I do if my child has literally lost their mind? Yeah. You yeah. know, and she's dealing with that as along with being a single mother, along with like work, you know, having to work, you know, really like uh, blue collar jobs and stuff to, to, you know, make ends meet. Like, I just think it's just like it's one of the most human things I've ever seen on screen. And she just absolutely knocks it out of the park. And I like I it's one of my favorite performances ever. Yeah, it is. It is just amazing. And like she, at every opportunity in that movie. She stands up for her child. And that's obviously an easy thing to like. And we we as the audience know he's not crazy and that he's really going through this. Um, but it's just something to be said about that sort of like she never abandons him. And and I don't mean and like leaves him on the side of the but street. She's, but I think she I does question it because it's she like, like what, do I, what am I supposed to do here? Yeah. Like, you know? but yeah. So she's she's dealing with that. But she always lands on the side of like. But I'm she going knows to her kid. Support. Yeah, she she believes in him, yeah. and she thinks he might be going through something really strange and weird. But she she just I don't know. She's just well, beautiful. And, and whenever I think the way of that, that movie, she plays the catharsis when she mm-hmm. figures out that oh no okay I was right like he's not crazy yeah. like like dude it's it's so it it. it I'm, I'm getting I'm like, emotional I, thinking about it. Yeah. yeah I'm like welling I just had up right now. Yeah. Goosebumps rippled up the back of my neck. Like there's a ghost in the room. Like literally like I'm, I'm having a reaction just thinking about it. And when I, when I think of that movie and that was my shamer, I had never seen the sixth sense and it was mm-hmm. my first time seeing it. So it's still kind of recent in my mind relatively. And that's the, the car scene is right where my mind goes. It's not the twist. It's it almost has nothing to do with Bruce Willis. It's not, I see dead people. When I think of that movie, I think of the car scene and, uh, I'm not someone who who tends to get very emotional when I'm watching movies, and that's one that just really hit home. Yeah, it is just such a, and she's great outside of that scene. She's great in everything, every time she's on the in the frame, but that scene is just one of the most amazing in terms of someone being emotional scenes I've ever seen in any movie. Like she's just unreal in that film. So I think that's a great choice, dude. I did have some honorable mentions I wanted to give out for supporting performance. I wanted to mention. Anya Taylor-Joy for Last Night in Soho. Because that is a bad movie, in my opinion, but she is phenomenal in it. Mm -hmm. And every time she's on screen, you can't take your eyes off of her. Yeah, dude, she she is so cool. She's one of my favorite actors working today. And um, I liked Soho more than Drew did. 
Uh, I would not say it was like one of my favorites. It's really kind of it just middle of the pack for a lot of these. So it's not really going to make any of my lists, I don't think. But I love that you put a spotlight on that performance because it really is probably the best thing about that movie. But I really like who she's she's opposite to as well. Other ones, you mentioned Gene Hackman. I'm so glad you nominated him because that was one that I I definitely considered putting on. Um, Owen Wilson in Bottle Rocket. I think he is yeah. so locked in in that movie. He was yep. right on the cusp for me. I, I almost included Dude, him. I love that choice, too, just to say, like, speaking of Chris Tucker and something being so great for his energy, Bottle Rocket is a perfect fit for Owen Wilson. Well, he wrote it for style. himself. So. Yeah, that makes sense. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, I think he's just he's awesome, and uh, he'll come up later in the show again. Cool. Um, Sam Shepard in Days of Heaven. I think that performance is so hauntingly beautiful. I, I love it. Um, and then last but not least, John Goodman. We didn't mention John Goodman and Barton oh, Fink. yeah. God, he is so great in that. You're right. I was surprised. I yeah. For some reason, I, I had in my mind that you were definitely going to pick him just because of the John Goodman of it all. But Yeah, I mean, he's just, he is, he is in my mind, a big dog contender. But, um, but I didn't, uh, yeah, something about, there's just so many great Goodman performances. But now that you bring it up, I'm really glad you said it because he is awesome in that movie. Well, shall we move on to the next category? Yeah, definitely, definitely. What do we, what do you got for listed as the next category? So we obviously covered best supporting. What's next? I figured it would make sense for us to go straight into supporting, supporting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 I this like is the that. Jared like defined that. category. You want to yeah. you want to give a little explainer of what supporting, yeah. supporting is? Yeah. So it's kind of like. I mean, and you could, there will be times where some of our nominees might, could be like lumped into just supporting. But my rubric for it is like, they're not in the movie much, but when they're in it, they steal the show. And like, they are what you're watching on, on the screen. So I feel like this sort of like, it's something more than a cameo, but this is something that traditional award shows, I think, really overlook. It's people who are not in movies much, but they just absolutely steal it when they're there. With that being said, Drew, let's go you first this time. What do you got for best supporting supporting, uh, listing all your nominees without declaring the winner yet? My nominees are Donnie Wahlberg for The Sixth Sense, mm. Marge Helgenberger for Aaron Brockovich, the mm. mother of the, the kids who are drinking yep. the PG&E, you know, infected water. Um, oh, get out of the pool. Yeah. Another another kind of a goosebumpy type of scene when I think about it. It's just like Absolutely. The, the, the way everything just dawns on her. Mm-hmm. She said, no, but they said that. And, and just like, oh, you could see it all hit her. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Gr- I'm so glad you mentioned her. One that I think will probably overlap on, but I'll, 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 I'll wait and see what you got. But Dorothy Malone for The Big Sleep. Yeah. <laughs> the saucy dame in the bookstore. Oh, dude, The Big Sleep is so fucking good. And she is true to this category. She's not in the movie much, steals it. All, all of yours fit the category perfectly so far. John Mahoney for Barton Fink. This one was bordering on a supporting performance, but I think mm-hmm. it's it's only two scenes really that he shows up in, but he's W.P. Yeah. Mayhew, the the drunkard writer that, uh, that John Turturro's character oh. idolizes. Dude, I almost put him on my list for this category. And people, for people who want to visualize it, he, our generation probably knows him best as Frasier, Frasier's father yes. in, in that TV show. And yeah, he is awesome in that movie. <laughs> Great supporting, supporting performance. And last but not least, 
John Engel for Heathers. He's the principal in that movie. Oh my God. Mind blown. I didn't consider him, and that is a fucking great choice for this category. Hell yeah, dude. I love that list. The speech that he gives to the rest of the, you know, the the school board or whatever, whoever he's talking to. And I've seen a lot of bullshit. Yeah. That speech <laughs> is one of the most tremendous single scene yeah. performances ever. It's it's yeah, so dude. good. From the ageless one himself, who looks exactly the same in Social Network, a film that was made like 20 years later. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. So who are your Great nominees, choice. Jared? So my nominees, we do have some o- overlaps here. My nominees for best supporting, supporting. I'll get the overlap out of the way now. Dorothy Maloney. Or is it Malone? I don't know. But who's to say? Malone. <laughs> Malone. Maloney. Who have you ever seen have their name last name spelled that way and pronounce it Maloney? Well, isn't Posty Maloney? No, just kidding. <laughs> um, so yeah, she is just so sexy and awesome in that scene, dude. Total, total grand slam off the bench. Amazing performance. But I mean, another name we yeah. considered for this category was just scene stealer. And she is mm-hmm. a scene stealer. Dude. Yes, yes. Dude, she takes your eyes away from Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> You're like, that's who I'm, she's who I'm watching in that scene. That is saying something. Uh Cy Richardson, who plays Light in Repo Man, okay. he is, you know, remember Light? Yeah, yeah of the, course. The, the cigarette, you got to read that book. He, I just think he's like, you could maybe say he's best supporting, but I think he's best supporting supporting. He's not in the movie much, okay. and every time he's in a scene, he I steals it. I think it's borderline, but I, I yeah. yeah. Well, if you if you pull up Repo Man, he's so far down on the cat on the cast list. It's an injustice, by the way. But he, I don't know, something about him in that movie is is great. I'm with you. I have Tom Petty, who plays Kaz, <laughs> Kaz, Kaz Dolowitz. Dolowitz in The Taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3. Yes. He is the super grumpy, who like, Who the fuck guy. are you? Yeah. <laughs> who are you? And he's just ranting constantly. <laughs> he's not in the movie long, but he is hysterical to me. And he is, that movie has a lot of really funny people in it. And he is in the mix for sure and I just love that performance it's like maybe like two minutes of screen time total if you were to add it all up and he's just awesome every second he's on screen he was in my honorable mentions okay cool I've got another overlap here Donnie Wahlberg in the sixth sense like again an absolute crush pretty he's great barely opening the, scene barely in the movie and we talked about Joey Pants kind of falling apart like Donnie Wahlberg <laughs> pretty much holds my beard hold, hold, hold my Pretty much hold. I can't say it. I can't say hold my beer. I can't do it. I was trying to say holds my hold my beers. Hold my beer. Yeah, but I'm trying to say like I'm trying to morph it and it's not working. So we're bailing. We're bailing on this whole phrase. Donnie Wahlberg one ups him. He takes Joey Pants's mental breakdown and just goes even more extreme with it. So he sure does. Uh, yeah. So that's a great one. And then last one, not an overlap, but a, the same movie. And this is right on the line of supporting Tony Shalhoub and Barton Fink. Ooh, I think okay. he like he's not in it a ton and he's hilarious. And I just think when I think of Barton Fink, I think of him shouting souse. He's a souse, a souse. And it's like talking about the character you mentioned, ironically. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's just um, I think he's great in that. And then this one is definitely not really fit for this category, but I have to give this one a shout out. This is like honorable mention territory. Michael Lerner. I should have given him a shout out in Best Supporting, but he is in Barton Fink, and he is the main studio person yep. who is just 
so damn funny. I love him. So I just He's wanted really to give him a shout out. There's so many yeah. good supporting performances in that movie. Yeah, dude, it's it's Steve Buscemi is really good in that movie. Everyone's fucking awesome. Well, and I, so. Yeah, I mentioned John Mahoney. I mean, uh, yeah, I think everyone <laughs> who has like two or three scenes in that movie just kills it. Yeah, awesome. So who is taking home the golden dart for you, Drew, for best supporting supporting? I'm going John Mahoney from Barton Fink. Wow! Mahoney takes it down for the Yuna. I think it's such a... a f- energy shift when he appears in the movie in such a a fun way that it's like an undeniable thing to me like he's just he's so locked in like i you know i think i said that earlier on the show so i hope that doesn't become a uh (laughs) repeating uh element (laughs) uh, locked in he's locked in (laughs) he's locked in baby but uh (laughs) no i i think i think he's just like you can't take your eyes off him. It's it's like you're yeah. saying, like with some of these other other uh, performances, like that's that's what to yeah. me is like the supporting supporting. That's is like that's who you're watching. You talking about damn. the scene in the bathroom? Well, that one for sure, yeah. but also just when he's wasted when they're like at the picnic bench or whatever. Yeah, like yeah, park. dude. Ah, he is he is awesome in that movie, and I think that's a great choice, dude. What's yours? My Yuna for best supporting supporting goes to Dorothy Malone in The Big Sleep. You like had such is, a fucking hard on for that dude, performance. I, <laughs> I have uh, such a crush on it. She's in it, again, just like this category is. She's barely in the movie, and it's just like, holy hell, who is this person? She is just so sexy and confident and interesting and and just looks great, looks fascinating. Like Jared she's is just, doomed to walk the earth just searching for his yeah. Dorothy Malone. Uh, no, I think it, it's just, it's it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking, but um, just a great, great performance. That's got to be my winner for best supporting supporting. It's, you know, I think you put it well when you said like she she distracts the attention from Humphrey Bogart in that scene. It's it's crazy. Yeah. It's it's yeah. I, I yeah. I think it's totally deserved. Great mm-hmm. great winner. Yeah, and like like we're talking about like who pops in my mind when I'm thinking who's barely in a movie and steals the show, and she's the first person that pops in my head. There you go. Yep. Any honorable <laughs> mentions? No, outside of Michael Lerner, no. I, I, and again, he's almost more just traditional supporting. But uh, but no, no honorable mentions from me. Do you have some? I wanted to mention Bob Einstein in Modern Romance. Oh, God, dude, that's a great choice. Great choice. I'm so, so glad you mentioned him. in a one-scene uh, appearance yeah. there. Also yeah. wanted to mention one of my personal favorites from uh, Alan Partridge, Simon mm-hmm. Greenall, who plays Michael, the security guard. He just oh, the guy who poops in the box. <laughs> just kills yeah, me. Dude. Um, yeah, dude. That's and great. then I also wanted to mention Max von Sydow. Like, mm. when he shows up in Conan the Barbarian for one scene, it's like, you know, it, it lends the movie such gravitas in just, like, one scene. And I think he does a lot of the same thing in The Force Awakens, even though that is a bad movie, in my opinion. Like... That one scene at the beginning of it, his, the the gravitas that he is lending to that project is like elevating it right out of the gates. And you're just like, oh, okay. So like, I'm in on this because this guy's yeah. selling it. This guy's locked in. He cares. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Like, yeah. He's he's invested. I should be too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he like he like he like brings you on the movie side in a way. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I just wanted to mention him. I, I thought about including him, but he barely missed the cut. We doing? Uh, we moving on to our next category here? I'm ready, dude. Let's let's plow ahead, All forge right. ahead. So we're at, 
as the Oscars do, we're going to move into more of like our technical awards here. Cool, cool, cool. I wanted to start with best looking movie, which mm-hmm. for us, you know, neither of us can speak eloquently on cinematography. I don't no. think either of us really know how to do that job no. in any way, shape, or form. So no. I think we're not qualified People, to pick a cinematographer, yeah. but we can say what to yeah. our eye looks pretty damn yeah. good. Yeah, we're taking the layman's approach here. And it's again, like, what movie are you just like, well, that is just fucking gorgeous. And yeah, like you say, we're not getting techie with it. It's, just, it's like a vibe type of thing, for lack of a better word. So without further ado, why don't you give us your nominees for best looking movie starting off the list here i've got king of comedy like this is just i think a stunningly gorgeous movie and we talked about it in the episode it was scorsese's return to color after he did raging bull which is just my favorite scorsese movie and that's saying a ton Um, but he was clearly just enjoying working with color again so well and it's it's a very interior movie like almost every scene seems to happen inside somewhere so it's not like uh, some of our other choices that'll be like vista e. It's not that type of gorgeous. It's just every shot is just perfect seeming to me. And I just I just love that movie. And and it's and it's gorgeous. 100%. Another one, Mother. Bong Joon-ho's uh, 2009 film is just stunningly beautiful. Mm. Everything about it is just gorgeous. It's the so color well directed. Of that movie so lush at times and like you know when the rain is coming down it's just reds like feel it and when she uh spoiler alert uh if you have not seen mother stop what you're doing and go see it it's so but skip great ahead 30 seconds yeah skip ahead 30 seconds uh but when she burns that building down yes. and the fire is just consuming and the last shot of the movie is so gorgeous it's just beautiful 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 movie um, i also have in the mood for love this was not a movie that really um, had a huge impact on me, but again, it popped in when I thought of like, what were some of the beautiful movies we've talked about so far? In the Mood for Love is gorgeous, and it's a it's a solid movie in my opinion. It's really it's different, um, but it is undeniably gorgeous. I think Christopher Doyle is a master, even though he is a psychopath. Um, mm-hmm. I I think that movie is a masterpiece. Jared is mm-hmm. way short yeah. selling that movie, but. Uh, yeah, it's it's um, yeah, it's good. It, it's definitely definitely good. I think I do like it. You know, it's normal that like I like what something more than you do sometimes. So I like that this is one that's like Drew really's into this one. I'm like, yeah, pretty good. I'm like a uh, thumb and a half up. Okay. Um, another uh, nominee for me is Heaven's Gate. Like this movie is just totally totally gorgeous. That was one of the centerpieces of our conversation about it, and there are just some uh, beautiful jaw-dropping shots in that movie it's it's quite it's quite stunning and then another heavens movie days of heaven Mm -hmm. like is just another one stunningly stunningly beautiful and there's really not much beyond that you can say about it um so those are my nominees no honorable mentions for me but those are my nominees for best looking film what do you got my nominees i've got i've got a few overlaps with you on this category i think you know there are a few that we watched this year that are just undeniable Mm-hmm. And I'll list those off first. In the Mood for Love, gorgeous. Just one of the most shockingly gorgeous movies ever put to film. Everyone needs to go watch that movie. Um, Days of Heaven, I also had. Also had Heaven's Gate. Both the Heavens movies look like Heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, 
stunning. Yeah, just couldn't get them out of my head. Like images from those movies will stick with me forever. And then we're into the non-overlaps. For me, cool. my other two, I think an obvious one is Schindler's List. Mm-hmm. You know, Yanush Kaminsky just absolutely crushes that movie. Um, the black and white photography is the best I've ever seen. It's just stunning. It's, it's just, just stunning. absolutely stunning. Yep. Yeah. And then last but not least, let the right one in. Hoyta mm. Van Hoytema's photography in that is just incredible. I like that choice. Shall we do our winners? Yeah, dude. I wonder I wonder if we're going to have any that are the same winners. And I this, this might be one of our better chances because there's overlap here. There's definitely a solid overlap. What is yeah. your winner, Jared? My winner is Heaven's Gate. Like, Heaven's Gate is one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen. And I really liked that movie. It gets so much shit. I think it's so unfair. It was this colossal flop at the time, and it's just been kind of put through the ringer and it, and Jimino gets blamed for like the death of that time in Hollywood. But I think that movie is stunningly beautiful and there are shots in it that are just amazing to me. Absolutely amazing. Um, some of which will probably come up in another, in a future category. So I'll keep them unsaid for now, but that is my Yuna for best looking movie. It is heaven's gate. What do you got Drew? Who's your winner? We have our overlap. My Woo-hoo! golden dart goes to heaven's gate. Dude, you kept your poker face going so well for that. I did. I couldn't tell. I think we're both suckers for mountains, you know. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. like you know, I live in the Mountain West. I know you love being in the Mountain West. Mm-hmm. And the way he photographs those landscapes is just you know every frame in that movie could be you know a, a postcard. It's just mm-hmm. it's incredible. It's stunning. It's it's and it's underrated. In terms of when people talk about beautiful cinema, I've never heard anyone re- mention that movie. We should include a, a, an Im- important disclaimer, which is we are talking yes. specifically about the Criterion restoration of this movie, which is yes, a very different movie from a color palette and, and color grading yeah. perspective. So yeah, anyone that is, wants to see what we're talking about, pick up the Criterion, go rent it or or. You know, don't even stream I, I, it. I think I well, I want to say that maybe the stream that's on Amazon Prime is the Criterion mm. stream, but I could be yeah. wrong. Um, yeah. But do your research is all all we're saying because yeah. you deserve to see it in its full rich color because yeah. man, it, it's it's stunning. It, yeah, it's it's unreal. I'm so glad you mentioned that because that is something I hate to be that guy, but that's a movie that really deserves it. A Blu-ray experience. It like, does. If if you are, if you were gonna buy one Blu-ray from this fifty. Like that's the one I would choose in terms of like you don't want to stream this one. You think, wanna you I wanna have the too. physical copy. Yeah. yeah. It's that important. Yeah. yeah. I mean it's our it's our first overlap. For all we know, it's our only one. And it's just it's so so beautiful. Yeah. Great, great it's, choices. Yeah. It, it, there's a reason we agree on that one for sure. I have one honorable mention I wanna say okay. before we leave best looking, because it's something that's so different than what we've talked about. And it's a movie that on first viewing it really threw me off and I had a hard time getting in its gear. But as I think about it, I'm like, shit, I really like the way that movie looks. And that's The Killing of a Chinese Bookie. Mm, like, okay. so, so, so different than what we're talking about, but it's gritty, it's dirty, it's handheld, it's claustrophobic, and it fits the story so well. And um, I think that's one, that's another pop-in. When I think of, like, what's something that's just, like, different? Like, that was one that was, I really dug the way that looked. I respect that choice. Yeah, I mean, it, that, I don't think that that photography is really for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I tend to prefer more cinematic-looking films mm-hmm. but uh, i think 
it's a totally reasonable choice because it is really unique and mm-hmm. uh you know Cassavetti's style is you know it, it's it's its own thing you know like like yeah. people have tried to emulate it but i think it's it's really unique yeah there's something that i just i've just romanticized so much of just someone being like hey let's go make a movie and then they just go and do it mm-hmm. and they're just like making decisions on the day and on the fly there's something that just seems so cool about that yeah good pick yeah. Yeah. shall we get into best shot hell yeah dude i'm ready you want to do your list first for best shot? My first nominee is from Heaven's Gate, the winner of the last category. But it's not a mountain shot like you might expect based on what we were saying there. Mm. My favorite mm. shot in that movie is of the bustling town, the wide mm-hmm. shot of the mm-hmm. just unreal sets that they built for that movie. They literally just built a town in Montana for this movie, basically. So cool. And it is There are so many extras and the cacophony like, you know, that obviously that's not what we're judging right now is the sound. But it does like you can sense the chaos and and um, just the feeling of being in that town just by looking at it from above like that. And it it just it floored me. Yeah, it's you know, it's kind of a, a cliche statement, but it just feels so alive and it seems like such a accurate to our eyes snapshot of that time in that place it literally is a time machine shot and it's and you're talking about the crane shot right when he's like kind of walking it's just like this is a real town this is a this is a video from way back then so it's just just the sheer scale of it and the fact that they did it for real like it just registers and like it's it has a transportative quality to it um that you just don't often get and i don't think anyone would ever do that again you know like so the fact that we have that on film is like a miracle yeah like i mean we talked a little bit about ian mcshane in the last of sheila episode in deadwood like i love that show i'm really into it but you don't feel like you can kind of tell you're watching a show set in that time Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like you're there necessarily um so yeah great achievement great choice next one the helicopters approaching at sunrise in On Her Majesty's Secret Service is just Ooh. such a great shot. They're, they're like in silhouette. The sun's rising behind them. And it's just this, this giant group of helicopters like bringing these men in for this huge climactic battle sequence. And it it's fucking awesome. I love Hell that shot. Yeah, dude, dude I, these lists are so fun to go through because I'm, I'm, I'm bumping in all these ones I forgot about. Yeah. And I was like, I forgot about that shot. And you mentioned it. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, dude. That is a great shot. Good call. Going to one of your nominees that didn't make my best looking nominee list, but it is an incredible looking movie. The King of Comedy, the like endless tunnel pullback as he's, uh, you know, having his delusion of mm-hmm. like the audience, you know, showering him with, with yep. applause. Um, and, and the camera's just pulling back through that red tunnel. I, I mm-hmm. love that shot. Mm-hmm. Awesome choice, dude. And yeah, he's in, yeah the wall of faces or whatever the yep. audience wall crazy yeah great shot this one's a really recent one but it it's such an incredible shot that i had to include it uh m the tracking mm. shot through the beggar's den that they pulled off in yeah. 1931 where yeah, it's a, a one take and it goes through windows and it like pans up and down and goes around people the the fact that they pulled it off at that point in, in film history is a small miracle yeah great choice great choice and then finally, Days of Heaven, the locust shot. Come on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Come on. What do mm-hmm. you say? Like, mm-hmm. the way and they pulled it, it off, 
the yeah. look of it in general, the production design of the house in the background. It's just it's just incredible. It's unbelievable. It's it's and I like what you're saying too. The technical things, the magic trick they pulled with it. They 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 really did that shot, and it's so cool. Great story behind it too. Who are your nominees, sir? My nominees for best shot. <clears throat> first one I'm going to give it. First one I'll say is the airplane crash landing in Catch Twenty Two. I love that shot where Martin Balsam and John Voight are in the Jeep. And this, or they're walking first. Yeah, they're just walking down the airstrip, and behind them is this smoking plane that's coming in for a crash landing. Mm-hmm. And then the camera whips around, they hop in a Jeep, and it's just like another day, but there's just chaos around them. And it's just an unbelievable shot. And I just, I, I love, love, love that shot. For me, I have another Heaven's Gate shot, but mm-hmm. a different one. Which one and is that? And it is the arrival of the train in the town. Mm. So it's this sort of tracking shot where the kind of Irish, I think he's Irish, uh, mm-hmm. conductor guy, it's like walking Cully. through the crowd. Yeah. Yeah, Cully. And he like steps out onto the platform and the train is like pulling in. And the light is doing something in that shot that I've just never seen in a movie. It's just brassy, gold, beautiful. And it's just like, holy God. Like and the that smoke is just, of the steam engine mm-hmm. and just... It's just it's it's stunning. It's yeah. ab- absolutely stunning. Burning, I have the shot of I can't remember the character's name, but the main female character dancing at yes. sunset. Oh, and, and she's like, it's just at a kind of a it's just, it's just again, it's a pop in. What are some of the great shots of the year? That pops in. That shot in Burning is, is total pop in. Um, I also had the Days of Heaven locust shot. Um, I figured just, we, we covered it. Yeah, there. that's that's an overlap. That's just it's just so damn cool. We talked about it, but great choice there. I think it's a great choice for me. And uh, I got one here. Let the right one in the the pool shot. Yeah, we don't want to spoil what what that shot is showing. Yes, but like yes. the way that they shoot that. Fi- it's in the final scene of the movie, but the pool mm-hmm. scene. Yeah. Everyone who's seen it knows what we're talking about. And holy yeah. fuck. Un- unreal. And that's not a movie. I, I was kind of cold on that movie, but that's, you can't How talk can shit you about that. How can be cold that's, on that scene? That scene is is amazing. And then the last one on my list is King of Comedy as well, but a different shot. And it's De Niro on the bar, standing next to the TV, waiting to impress that girl after he his plan has succeeded. There's just something about that shot. The framing, the way De Niro is standing Interesting. there. And I don't know. It's just, again, it just popped yeah, in. No, I'm, hey. I'm thinking of King of Comedy. I'm like, just like, there's something, there's some magic in that shot that I can't really speak to, but it's just perfect for like me. Like I was saying for Bound, King of Comedy is one of those movies that has really aged great in my brain. And like, I'm just like, I fall more and more in love with that movie as I think about it. So, shall we go into our winners? Absolutely. Drew. Who you got for your winner for the Yuna for best shot? I think this is a little bit of a cop-out win just because I think it's kind of obvious, but it's the Locusts and Days of Heaven. Yeah, yeah. Not an overlap, I will say. Okay. Not an overlap. Okay. But Who's your winner? I, um, that's a great choice. That the, the, the Locust shot is just amazing. My winner is the airplane crash landing. Catch it's 22. really incredible. And I, I can't believe I left it off. I completely didn't think about it. And that's not to say that it should. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Mind. It's just I, I remember just being like, holy yeah. crap. And that is from our first episode ever. 
Yeah, our first episode, I mean, we were definitely getting our feet under us. and But there's just some good kind of, there's some good chat in there. And that movie is, <laughs> has that's another one that's just, it was my second time seeing it. And it's just grown and grown in my mind. Like, I really, really like that movie. Really great. And that shot is great. It's on YouTube. If you ever like want a YouTube Catch-22, like crash landing sort of thing, it's there. But it's, it's again, another one of those, it's better to have a nice version to see the shot because it's magnificent. 100%. I did have a couple of honorable mentions if you want to go cool. into that. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to mention the Blair Witch Project. The shot of her holding the camera up to her face at the end, it's the iconic shot from the movie, just like up at her snotty crying face, mm-hmm. you know. It's, mm-hmm. it's not like a crafted shot, but it's just, it's so... It's emotional. Yeah, well, and, and, and it's, it's, it's so, like... I don't know the wrong. It's the wrong word, but like tangible, you can you can just yeah. like relate to that moment, and and it's so human. Um, and I just I, I think there's a reason it's the indelible image of that movie. Yep, um, yep, I love that. And then I also wanted to mention the opening San Francisco rooftop chase scene in Vertigo. Hell yeah! The way dude. that it pans across the top of those buildings, I was just mm-hmm. like, it that still to this day looks incredible. Yeah, dude, that's a, that's those are some great honorable mentions and another one in vertigo too when he's under the golden gate bridge Mm -hmm. that's another amazing shot that movie's so cool um one honorable mention i have is also from heaven's gate um i really love that shot of the the assassin who's standing over the irish person who's like hunkered down on the hillside yeah and his like overlooking the valley yep it's just a a, i thought about that one too it's probably my favorite mountain shot I've ever seen, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's just something it's and the guy's coat is flapping in the wind. It's terrifying and it's stunningly beautiful. And there are so many shots like that in, in Days of Heaven. It's just it's oh no in, in Heaven's Gate, I should say. There are shots um, like that in Days of Heaven. Yeah, yeah it's in beautiful <laughs> Days of Heaven like more plane planes shots, though than Yeah, mountains. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he, yeah, Heaven's Gate has just got some amazing shots in it. And that's another one I just wanted to give a shout out to. What do you say from here we go into best sounding movie? Sure. Yeah. Now, when we say best sound, this is not in the Oscars traditional sense in terms of sound editing or mixing or whatever. We don't know what we're talking about there. But we do know what sounds good to our ears from a musical standpoint. So this is going to be soundtrack, score, all rolled into one, whatever sounded the best to our ears. Jared, you want to give us your nominees? For best sounding movie, one of them is Mother. I just think of that score and that like bidding do 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 it's just like an amazing simple kind of acoustic sweeping sort of bizarre score and it's one that just haunts me and I just like it really it really was effective another one I have is Repo Man I absolutely wow. love the soundtrack in that movie all the punk songs and there's this one crazy scene where the butthole surfers are actually on stage at this like divey bar Mm -hmm. and they're singing like a very strange elongated chill version of one of their punk songs and it's called when the shit hits the fan and my roommate actually got me that soundtrack on vinyl uh as a gift and it's an absolute banger dude i i I really dig that soundtrack another one i'm going to mention is bottle rocket there are just some spectacular needle drops in that movie and i think specifically of 2000 year man a rolling stones song that i had never heard before is used perfectly in that movie Great there's choice. a procl- there's a proclaimers song that is used perfectly called over and done with 
And whenever I hear that song, I think of the scene, which is a great uh, example of a song and scene pairing working. I think the original score in that too is pretty good. Uh, Mark Mothersbaugh yeah. does the the score for that movie, um, and he's like, I, I want to say he was in Devo back in the day, and he kind of made a career out of being a composer. And all of his his soundtracks are so unique uh, that he puts together. So yeah, mm-hmm. I wanted to shout that out. Yeah. Another one of mine is Days of Heaven. Uh, incredible score done by the great Ennio Morricone. And he's just, uh, it's just a score unlike any of his I'd ever heard. It's very simple. It's very stripped down. It's very clean and it's stunning and it fits the visuals so well. Not a surprise to say that about a Morricone score, but uh, it just needs to be said. Mm-hmm. And then the last one on my list is The Ballad of Cable Hogue. I wow. really that it was a, it was a sleeper I didn't and even a pop about that, but yeah, I, I do remember yeah. I like the the sound of that movie. Yeah, thinking about the opening kind of montage scene when he's wandering in the desert and it's set to that mm-hmm. sort of country song. That that's one that really stuck with me, and also um, the butterfly, the butterfly song that he sings along with the actor. And it's another I didn't like that as thing. much, but I, I know you. I like that. it. Yeah. yeah, butterfly mornings is just I don't know something about it is just really sweet to me. So. Um, those are my nominees for best sounding movie. Drew, what do you got for your best sounding nominees? We have our first category with no overlap. Whoa, that's exciting. Okay, cool. I will say Days of Heaven is on my honorable mentions. Ennio Morricone's score on that is incredible. Mm-hmm. But my nominees are In the Mood for Love. <sighs> yes, I forgot. The main <laughs> love theme of that movie is you you can't get it out of your head it is it is so powerful and it and it just complements the visuals of that movie so well are you talking about the nat king cole song or no no i'm thinking about the the score score. gotcha yeah like and it's it's a score that you've heard a million times before i'm not going to try and hum it here but Mm -hmm. uh but yeah yeah you know it's been used in trailers it's been used in like a lot of different contexts but um it's it's just this very like it's mostly like violin, I want to say, and it's just got this very like floaty quality to it. And it's just, it, mm-hmm. it kind of conveys the feeling of love in a really interesting way to me. Mm-hmm. Got to mention E.T. John Williams' score <laughs> in that movie is one of the best ever. It's incredible. <laughs> that was, we were at loggerheads on that one. That's maybe my least favorite John Williams score. Which is just one of the most it's insane crazy. hot takes I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. But you do you, man. Yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm, someone's going to... Someone needs to praise John Williams. The guy gets no no praise. Yeah, none at all. He's <laughs> he's not the most nominated person yeah. ever for Oscars or anything. Yeah, but also like we cut, like we said with our Tarantino tier list, like to say my least favorite John Williams score is like it's still incredible. It's of just course. one that doesn't catch me, but I like that it's on your list. Um, I think you know I also wanted to include it because it, I, I wasn't going to nominate him twice, but the Schindler's List score is also just hauntingly beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like I love that score. Yep. Um, gotta include John Barry's score for On Her Majesty's Secret Service. It mm. wouldn't be me if I didn't nominate the Bond movie because Bond yeah, music dude. is such an indelible piece of that that puzzle for what you know mm-hmm. I love about Bond. Um, I had to include it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's one of the most incredible scores. the The Bond theme in general. What's crazy about it? You could fly to the other side of the world. And with a translator and ask someone like, hey, can you hum the James Bond theme song? And they probably can. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's unbelievable. Iconic. Putney Swope. Mm. 
The original yeah, music done for that movie by Charlie Kuva is so good. That mm-hmm. movie is like like it's a kind of movie like even if you don't you're not into what you're watching, just keep it on in the background and do something on your phone or something because yeah. it's worth listening to. Yes. Dude, that's a great way to put it. It's like it's a great hangout movie where maybe people are talking over it. And you can kind of chat and then you if you know the movie, you can be like, oh, wait, wait, wait no, no. Watch this. One of the commercials is coming up or whatever. Uh, but yeah, I, lo- I've, I love that choice. Good, good call. Putney Swope, the original movie is filthy in that movie. Mm-hmm. And then last but not least, Conan the Barbarian, Basil Polidurus's sweeping epic score for that movie is that that's catnip for me man so fucking good dude i that's so cool we have no overlaps and i love all those choices all i can think about when i think about the score for that movie is the scene i won't spoil what what happens but conan the barbarian is kind of like you know fully actualizing as the hero of the story and he's like he's taking the reins and he's like i'm gonna go like save this Mm -hmm. this you know princess that that needs saving yeah um, when he like awakens you know on the beach yep. you know what i'm talking with about the with the sword absolutely the way that the oh. score swells in that scene yeah. is like oh it just like yeah. it, <laughs> it, it rips you to pieces it's so dude, great that movie i'm so so glad we ended up watching that movie dude it is awesome it, I, I have a feeling it's gonna come up again but yeah great choice the music is dope as well yep who's your winner my winner for best sounding movie is repo man i just the soundtrack is i love that you love this this much dude it's like i was not for me but i I appreciate that you like it i was re-watching it the other day because i bought it on blu-ray i love Mm -hmm. this movie so much and i I pop it in and the movie just starts with uh the the really iconic the guy who was in the stooges i think i can't remember his name but anyway he did he did this opening title theme song iggy pop just yeah iggy pop yeah 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 and it just starts with him hitting the drumsticks. You know how drummers do that? Mm-hmm. The timing, the one, two, three, four. And that's how the movie fucking starts. And then this heavy guitar riff kicks in, and it's got that green map over California. And at one point, it goes into like Arizona and shit. But like, it's just so cool. And it just sets the tone immediately. And then the, the music just is always right in that movie. It's, it's just an incredible pairing. And it's the pop-in. I think of like... That's my fa- That's my choice. My Yuna for best sounding movie is Repo Man. Getting that uh, golden But a lot dart. of great choices there. Getting that golden dart, baby. Who is getting your golden dart, Drew, for best sounding movie? I got to go with Conan the Barbarian. I fucking love that, dude. I was I about that. to say on Her Majesty's Secret Service because I feel like mm. that's on brand for me. Mm-hmm. But at the last second, when I was just thinking about that scene, I was like... And, and you know the easy choice would be to go John Williams. I I think that may be the best score we've heard all year, in my opinion. But the Conan score, man, is just like if I if I need to get fired up for something, I'm going to turn that on. Yeah, yeah, dude. I I think that's such a great choice. I've my memory of it is there's like horns in there too, and it's just like yeah. it's triumphant and big. And I was uh, watching the, a bit of the Two Towers last night. I threw it on for a little while and the the kind of Isengard theme of like bum 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 like mm-hmm. I think that p- pays like owes a lot to Conan because that sort of like pounding trumpets and brass and like dun dun is like is what, what I think of theme, yeah exactly yeah. that's what I think of when I think of Conan the Barbarian is like that type of 
energy and intensity. And I think I also love that it was a last minute reversal for you. Yeah. It's like, you know what? F- fuck it. I'm going. Coming. No, just like it was one of those where I was like, I was talking about it and I was like, this feels wrong. This this yeah. has to go here. Yeah, you you just you the the truth got filtered through you. You're like, it's Conan. Yeah, for 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 me, it's Conan. I love that. Has to be. I think we should move into uh, a pair of categories now that that fit well together. We've got best opener and best closer, and for us, this is the beginning and the ending of a movie. Which I think you you were saying before the show. Well, why don't you just say what you yeah. were saying? Well, I think. You know, award shows, obviously, and ironically, we're on one right now. They're flawed. But one of their bigger flaws is I don't think they get specific enough. Um, and a movie that has a great beginning and a movie that has a great ending, like they're just they're just so cool. And a movie can still be a great movie and not have a great ending. Like we were talking about, like, you know, one of my favorite movies um, from this like bunch. And I could be like, oh, but how did that end? And if you have to think about it, it probably is not a great ending for this category. It could still be serviceable, mm-hmm. but a, a good ending, and the same can be said about a, a good beginning. Um, so I think this is a fun one. This is another more kind of dartboard movie-ish type of category. Like ours so far have been a little traditional, which I dig. This is where we start getting a little funkier with them, and uh, I think this is going to be a good one. Drew, do we want to start? I guess it's only, only common sense to start with best opener. Absolutely. What are your nominees for... Best opener, best begin. And again, it could be the first shot, it could be the first minute or two, whatever you want it to mean. That best beginning, best opener. I'm going to lead off with Putney Swope. The opening mm-hmm. boardroom scene in that movie is so goddamn funny, mm-hmm. and it, it it might be bordering on too long for this category, but I don't care. I love it. It, it has Fuck to happen, it. and I think it it, yep. it really peaks for me when they're describing this expert that they're bringing in. And they're mm-hmm. selling this guy so hard. And he comes in on this helicopter and you're getting the shots of the guy in the helicopter getting off. And you get that amazing needle drop when he like, you know, yeah, high fives or whatever. Oh, um, yeah. One of the best needle drops in any movie I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. But, you know, compliment that with just these sycophantic pieces of shit all just debating <laughs> what to do in this <laughs> situation. It, it, it kills yeah. me. So I got to yeah. nominate that. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Heaven's Gate, Walk and Killing the Cattle Thief. Mm, cool. I think that that scene, number one, it's, it sets you up for just how beautiful that movie is going to be from a visual standpoint. But number right. two, it's setting up all of the themes and the conversation that that movie is having. That scene encapsulates everything that's going to follow in that movie. So yeah. I, I think it's, it's just brilliant. And what's crazy, too, is by the end of the movie, we don't really hate Walken. Even though we're introduced to him in such a cold way, uh, I love that choice. That is, that is an awesome opener. Yes. Next, the King of Comedy, the freeze frame into Ray Charles into credits at the beginning of that movie. We we talked about it on the episode. That was the one that I was listening to earlier today, just as like because I was trying to refresh my memory on like how I felt about some of these things. Yeah. And um, that was the moment that we both talked about just being like, oh, we're in good hands. We're, mm-hmm. that we're, we're safe, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's, yep. it's that feeling when you're watching a movie and it clicks very early and you're just like, I know I'm going to have a good time with this. Yep. And uh, almost all of these that you've listed so far, I'm like, yep, I can imagine that opening. I had to think for a second when you said Heaven's Gate and I was like, oh yes, that's right. The shotgun hole through the sheet. Um, but yeah, I'm, this is, this is one where I don't have to think. I know exactly what you're talking about. That freeze frame on the car window. Next up, 
modern romance, the diner breakup scene. I think mm. that that scene is just brilliant. I, the mm-hmm. way that it's it's written, the way that it's acted, the you know the shot structure of it. It's just two people sitting at a diner and and having a conversation. But I think it's it's an incredible start to that movie. Yep, yep, love that choice. And then last, Conan the Barbarian, the the wordless village village raid that kicks off that movie. I mean, technically, the first mm-hmm. scene in that movie is you know the dad talking to young Conan, but. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm I'm including the whole village raid because that yep. scene, it, it, again, it's an, it's it's just like I was saying with King of Comedy. It's like I'm in good hands. This is yep. gonna be really fucking cool. Yep, that's that's when I had that moment. First time watching it, I was like, "Oh shit, is this good? Like, is this? I thought this was gonna yeah. be like dumb." And I was like, "No, this is fucking good." And yeah, and no dialogue. It's all just uh, yeah, great, great choice. Yeah, it's Love like that. you know, like. Universal Soldier was a movie that I had a lot of fun with, but mm-hmm. you know, it, it it starts and I was like, okay, this is just going to be kind of one of these action movies, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. There's a time yeah. and place for that, and it knows that's what it is. And it's I went into Conan that. thinking I was going to have that experience, but instead, mm-hmm. I had the. Uh, am I going to watch one of my favorite movies of all time? <laughs> yeah, dude, I love the way you put that. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I had a very similar, very similar reaction that that you did to Conan. What you got, Jared? Uh, for my openers, we have a, a, set of, a lot of overlap, but also some that we don't, which okay. is cool. Modern Romance was on my list as well. That di- opening diner breakup scene. I mean, you and I love movies that just throw us into the start of it, and yep. that's an amazing starting point. And, you know, I guess that's one of the keys to writing, they say, is start your movie as close to the end as possible. And that's the perfect example of that, I think. I think it's like, like, it's such a good elevator pitch. It's just like, mm -hmm. we start with the breakup. Yeah, we start with this, we get a a snapshot of this relationship. We can tell that this is not the first time this happened, but we don't know how dysfunctional it is yet. And uh, it's just, and I think of him storming across the parking lot. Like that's Mm -hmm. one of those shots in that movie where I think of him kind of shouting, at her, oh, that's a nice thing to say, drop dead or something like that. And then he like storms out. I'm just like, that movie, that opening is so fucking good. So yeah, we're on the same page there. Another one is Conan. Another's on the same page. Uh, you, you summed it up. And I agree with you that technically the opening is him talking with his dad, and that's not great. But we're talking about beyond that, the, the, the whole sacking of the village. Just incredible. Uh, our last overlap is Putney Swope. Just a fucking yeah. filthy. The first ten minutes of that movie. Now that I'm saying this, I might want to change who my winner is, but it might be my first like ten minutes of any movie we've covered so far. It's just we get that overhead helicopter shot, that guitar lick handshake, and you covered all of this, but in that hilarious boardroom stuff. And it's just like you want to talk about like just be like this is fucking sick. Great, great first ten minutes. Some uh, some ones we split or we don't share yet. Mother. I think Mother has an unbelievable opening of her in the field, and it's the first time we hear that score, and she just kind of starts sadly and lethargically dancing. It's so bizarre and so absurd, and we don't know where we are and what's going on. It's a very strange opening, and it's haunting. You know, as you're describing that scene, that's that's an amazing pick, and I should have thought Mm -hmm. of that, but I think what's really cool about that scene is like what you're talking about, the bizarreness of it, 
mm-hmm. is kind of setting you up to know, okay, I'm not watching just a straightforward crime movie where we're going to yeah. just like watch someone try to get to the bottom of this murder. Like mm-hmm. we're watching something much weirder than that. Yeah. This is going to get weird. And it, you're right. It, it kind of subconsciously informs you of that. Yeah. Because after that, it goes into for a while anyway, a very kind of traditional uh, linear story. Exactly. Um, so you're right. It is kind of like a little bit of like a, hey, just as a heads up, it's going to get weird. <laughs> just stick with us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Just we know what we're doing. We're planning <laughs> to go where we go. But just so you know, it's going to get strange. Yeah. Um, another one we did not share. Uh, Bad Day at Black Rock. Talk about a movie that just throws you into the deep end. Yeah. It starts with this train helicopter shot and and then all of a sudden big booming score Spencer Tracy steps off the train and the movie fucking starts and that movie we talked about it a lot in that episode but that movie is just so efficient it's maybe the most efficient movie we've covered yet in my opinion and it's just economical yeah it's like it's just it's a true work of art in terms of like trimming the fat and just having only what you need, and it's awesome. And yeah, that that maybe that the most is dramatically just... satisfying movie we've covered mm-hmm. on the show, just in terms of yeah. just like the amount of time spent to the just the richness that that adds to your life. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, it's, what a good return on yeah. investment with that Dude, movie. Dude, great way to put it. You got that's what some of the best ninety minutes you could ever spend yeah. is, is, is watching that movie. Uh, so yeah, but dope, dope beginning, and then which is. The last one on my list is oh, Aaron Brockovich. Six. Okay. Oh, do I? Yeah, I guess I do. I guess this is technically an honorable mention, but yeah, Aaron Brockovich. Aaron Brockovich is another oh, okay. great yeah. opener where it's like Julia Roberts in the job interview, and then there's the car accident, which is that miracle shot where we don't know how they did it. Like, it's just what? Cannot figure it out. Yeah. I, I rewound it like 10 times and couldn't couldn't find the cut. It is Julia Roberts. It's stunning. Um, so I think, you know, the, I was kind of positive but a little lukewarm in that movie but the opening is sick and again one of those that i like of just hey let's just start the movie and get you in there this woman is desperately looking for work and that's how the story begins and it's just is it's great great opener what you got who's getting the golden dart who's getting your yuna for best opening mine is going to heaven's gate like i said the thematic setup of that scene the visuals of it the acting on display, like it's it's disorienting. You're you're watching people speak in a language that they're not subtitling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Walken just kind of comes in wordlessly, kills this guy, walks away. It's just it's very disorienting, but also like simultaneously yeah. is orienting you with everything that the movie's going to be talking about. I just think it's brilliant, mm-hmm. dude. I love that choice, and it is so. Like first time I saw it, I didn't know it was Walken. To speak to your like disorienting nature of the. In a good way. We barely see Walken. He's on the frame for like, he's in the shot for a few frames and then he's just gone. But it's just, you're right. It just sets the tone, sets the stage and introduces to you of like what the problems this movie is going to be tackling are. And um, yeah, ferociously underrated film and a great opening. I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you picked it. What's your winner? My winner is going to be Mother. Mother wow. is getting my okay. unit for best opening. I just, uh, again, it was the pop-in. I was thinking... Because I was thinking about how does mother start? And I was picturing her kind of cutting the herbs that she works with when she freaks out that her son almost gets hit with the car. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, no, that's not how that movie starts. It starts with her in the field mm-hmm. dancing. And I was like, that is such a haunting beginning to a story and a movie. And we eventually find out what led her to having that dancing in the field moment. 
Um, it's just great. And I mean, we covered a lot, all of our choices, both mine and yours. I love all the openings, but I'm just going to give the hat tip to Mother just because it's it's just so strange. It's so mm-hmm. different. And it it's burned in my head. Like I can picture it really vividly right now. Great pick. I, I wish I had thought of it. I probably would have included it because you're right. It's just it's a really incredible way to kick that movie off. Shall we move into best closer? Love it, dude. Best closer. One of the most important things about a movie or any story. <laughs> finish strong. Ending. Finish strong. Yeah, you got to finish strong. What you got? Uh, What's you, your nominations? So my nominations for best closer. The Hateful Eight is one that I love the way that movie ends. The reading of the Lincoln letter. We finally have these, these enemies who've just been at each other's throats the whole movie. They have the, the conditions of their world have forced them to become allies. And they are, on paper, the last likely combination of people in this building you would expect to be working together. And um, there's, some, there's something near them that's really bizarre and shocking. And, but they're just, it's just, again, we talked about it in the moment, but it's very like thingish. It reminds me of the sure. ending of the thing. It's mm-hmm. very, there's, it's incredibly pessimistic, um, incredibly dark, but a great ending, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Another very bleak and dark ending is the Blair Witch Project. And I think of a haunting, kind of shocking, that creepy facing the wall shot, camera to the ground. Yeah, I feel like this is not one that we have to worry about spoiling because everyone's seen the Blair Witch. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I was like the only one who hadn't. But it's Um, like that image of the guy facing the wall is like, that's everywhere. That's everywhere. And it's terrifying. And it's probably it's the like, second most uh, famous image from the movie other yeah, than, than her. Other than one you mentioned, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just think it's an incredibly strong ending to an incredibly strong movie. Um, I another, love that you love that movie so much. Yeah, dude, it is, it is, it's not, it's underrated and it's not. We talked about it a lot in that episode, but it's like so much better than I thought it was going to be because it was my shamer. And I was like, this is so terrifying and so effective and so fucking good. Really, really impressive stuff another great ending for me uh ex machina mm. ex machina has just a, an amazing ending where ava i think her name is the artificial intelligence maybe let's character. not spoil it but yeah oh yes we'll speak vaguely yes um but just like holy shit dude that is just a crazy good ending another one that's on the dark side depending on your perspective yeah. um and uh kind of chilling but presented in this sort of newborn new life positive way but it's really dark and eerie at the same time it's really it's a great blend i love that ending yeah um see i i that's why i'm like trying to push to not spoil because like some yeah. of these endings are so good it's like i want yeah. you to experience yeah. this if no you i, I think you're right like people who have seen these will know what we're talking about we'll keep it a little vague we'll kind of like abstract painting it <laughs> with our words uh and they'll get it but yeah you're right let's not let's not spoil these because they're just so juicy um the other one and this i think is so cool is Mother. So Mother mm-hmm. is on my list for best opening and Mother is on my list for best ending. For very similar things like yeah. in terms of how they're how it's like mirrored yeah. a bit. But I don't I don't think it made my list. It should have um the last shot of that movie on the on the bus again, we'll keep it vague, uh, yeah. is one of the most beautiful shots and it's, it's really just cool. with the music and everything. It's just an incredible ending. I love the ending of Mother. Another one I have is Burning. We mentioned it a little bit when you were talking about the end performance. Uh just uh an all-time jaw-dropping, crazy good ending, and we'll just leave one it of the there. best one takes ever yep. put to film. 
And then I have two more, so we're kind of in sort of honorable mention territory. In terms of just a great last shot, taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3. Mm -hmm. That Walter Matthau's face is just awesome. Leaving it there, leaving it there. And then the last one, I think this is a sleeper. I'll be surprised if you share this one, and I, but I think you'll agree. The Exterminating Angel. The Exterminating Angel has a great haunting ending yeah. where we there's uh, like things start the up church again. The church you're just, talking the about. The church, right? exactly. Yes. I'm talking about the church, and um, things start repeating. I will just leave it there. Uh, but really eerie, really unsettling, really creepy ending. Yeah, and that was a real just a gut cool, punch of an ending. Yeah, it's just like it's very hopeless. It's a very ho bleak ending. That's a really cool, bizarre movie. That's another one that's aged well in my head. Just like that movie is just so unique and different. I really, I really like it. Uh, but those are my list of nominees for best closers. Drew, what do you got? What are you working with for best endings, best closer? It got mentioned a little bit earlier, but the swimming pool scene in Let the Right One In is my first nomination. Um, and the train ride after that. I think it's such a great way to close out that movie. And I liked that movie a lot more than you did, I think. Um, I think that that movie is really fucking great. Yeah, cool. I won't talk shit about the ending. Great ending. The ending of E.T. I don't have to be too spoiler uh, <laughs> yeah, this on, worried this on this one, but because this <laughs> yeah. is just like one of the all time great endings. But man, talk about a movie that just made me weep like a baby. Dude, um, it's great. Just great. Oh, it wrecks me every time. And I'm so sad that I have not had that in all 34 of my years on this planet because yeah. it, it it it's. It changed me. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's crazy how good that ending is. Again, I, I was shocked at how I walked away from that movie thinking, like, is this movie underrated? Because neither of us had seen it before we talked about it. Insane. And I was like, I think it's underrated. How crazy is that to say? Uh, but yeah, great ending. Great ending. In the Mood for Love, the, the Cambodian temple sequence mm. at the end of that movie. Mm. It the really whisper into the just, hole. Yeah, the whispering it 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 breaks my heart. It's 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 so you know, longing is like the one word I would use to describe that movie and that scene is pure nothing but longing. Dude, I'm so glad you brought this up because as you were describing that, longing is the exact word I thought of. And I was like, I don't think I've ever seen longing so well expressed in a movie. Yeah. Yeah, what a haunting yeah. movie. Um, yeah, awesome. Maybe it's better than I was saying earlier. Fuck yeah, that movie's great. You should rewatch it, man. <laughs> yeah, I should. I should revisit it. You already mentioned it, but Burning, the finale of that movie is just insane. <sighs> I, I, it, you want to talk about just like leaving you with no answers and still somehow feeling satisfying? Like that, I've never seen a movie do that that well. It's a magic trick, dude. It's like incredible. the credits roll. Your mouth is open. And you have no you idea what the like, fuck happened. You're just like, that's <laughs> how that ended? Are you kidding me? Like, this is unreal. Incredible. Uh, and then another one you already mentioned, but Taking Pel taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3, nice. the freeze frame, it just, it's, <laughs> yeah. it kills me. It's so Yeah, the, the math out face. So good. What's your winner? This is my time to do an audible. I just changed it. Ooh. I was going to go with the Hateful Eight, but as I was talking about it, I was like, no, it's burning. Burning is one of the best endings of a movie I have ever seen, let alone the last 50. And as as I was, words are coming out of my mouth. It's like, no, it's burning. Burning is such a great ending. Yeah. That's mine. What do you, yeah, it, it, it was, but yeah, again, Hateful Eight, they're all great endings, but Burning is the one that stands, sticks out in my mind as supreme for me. What do you got, Drew, for your winner? 
I love your choice, and I'm going with it too. It's our other wow. overlap. It's another uh, overlap. I came really close to giving it to In the Mood for Love, um, because that that movie just wrecks me. But um, but Burning, it's a tour de force. Like yeah. like I've never seen a movie end that yeah. that strongly. Yeah, I think it's especially the, I when think it's, it's like my favorite ending of all time. Honestly. Especially when you wow, that's huge. Crazy. Mm, it's a hot uh, I mean, take. I, I, I think love about that it, but, take. Yeah. But yeah, impressive. Um, but no, I mean, like you, you want to like you put in that much time into a movie because I mean the movie is like it's two and a half, if not three hours. It's a long mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, and you've put all this investment into the characters, and like we were just saying, like the fact that the movie leaves you with no answers. It's up to you to kind of take away whatever you want to take away from it. Like the uncertainty is the point after spending that much time with a movie like that, to be able to pull that ending off and have it work. Mm -hmm. Like you're saying magic trick. I don't know how you do that because like that should, that should be so dramatically unsatisfying. Yeah. I should be walking away from that movie frustrated. Yeah. And, and I'm not, I'm like totally at peace with not knowing what to think. And it's, I don't know how they did it. Yeah. I do not know. Amazing. It's just too good. Um, yeah. Amazing. But yeah. Close, yeah, still, close second for me in The Mood for Love. People need to watch that movie. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, it's interesting. I had a different take on the ending of The Mood for the Love. I, I, I like that it resonated with you. But I felt like that Cambodian stuff was a little tacked on. It I think a lot of people share that opinion. I think yeah. I'm pretty unique in that. I think a lot of people cool. feel like it should end before that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just love it. I think, I no, think like that movie works. ties it up in, in a neat bow for me. Yeah. If it works for you, it works for you, man. That's great. Next up, I thought we should head into biggest laugh. I think this will just be a quick category here, but we, you know, we had, we had plenty of great laughs this year and, uh, I think there were definitely ones we, we had as standouts. So why don't we for move sure. into that? Love it, dude. Love it, dude. Uh, I've got for my list of nominees for biggest laugh. Steve Coogan crawling out of the window. Oh, my <laughs> you God. You love that. I love that gag so much. It's one of the hardest times I've laughed and ages. Love, love, love that. And that's in Alan Partridge. That movie is hysterical. Um, I've got Alan Arkin in Catch-22 on the first bombing mission. And I'm thinking specifically of when he's with Charles Grodin and he's shouting about the fire and it's Charles Grodin smoking the pipe. Like that whole scene just has me in stitches, man. I laugh so hard every time I see it. And it's 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 the way Arkin and Grodin balance each other out is just so awesome. Love that scene. Another one I've got is you actually mentioned it earlier, Birdcage, I'm ruined. With Gene Hackman like is on that phone call finding out this the the debauchery that the senator was into that he kind of like tethered himself to Mm -hmm. is that whole scene is so, so fucking funny, dude. I love that. Um, One that I think is maybe a bit of a sleeper. I'll be surprised if we share this is the sweater scene in King of Comedy. When they have they have yes. and they're like he's like what would I say anything you kept talking about the sweater did you, did you like the color blah 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 and blah, she's blah. just like screaming at him and, and yeah she's <laughs> like can I I can I rest holding this gun I've been you dealing with you all day and he's just it's wait a minute just a minute like trying to comment it's so 
fucking funny. It's, like vintage. it's the moment if you were in Jerry Lewis's sho- shoes in that moment, yeah. you are having your panic attack. Like, yeah, you're I like, am I'm in fucked. the hands of psychopaths, two complete lunatics. They're just so it's and it's hysterical. It's the scene should not be funny, and it's, I mean, that's obviously intended to be funny, but it's it's just so damn good. Great I love pick. that scene. Ethereal Serial and Putney Swope is one of those ones. Another another nominee for me. I just the first because that's the first commercial. That bit. Which, what, it's, what the, is that it's the first commercial we cut to in color, and mm. so it's the first time we get introduced to this idea that we're going to see the commercials that they're doing in the movie, mm-hmm. and it's this guy at the table eating, and there's a voiceover, and it's just like a slow push in on him him eating his cereal, and it's like, did you know that it has this many so and sos, and it's just like fake science word, and it slow pushes right up to his face, and he just goes. No shit. And then the commercial <laughs> ends, and it's just so fucking funny. But uh, honestly, all of the Putney Swope commercials could be biggest laugh contenders for me. And that's so those are mine. I've got an honor mention. I'll throw it out later, but those are my contenders for biggest laugh. What do you got, Drew? Who are your nominees for biggest laugh of the year of the 50? I can't believe you didn't mention this one, but I'm Ooh. just going to say it right out of the gates Heather's My Dead Gay Son. Oh my God! How yes, did you I not forgot. mention that? I've loved my dead gay son. Oh God, that is great. That's a great choice. I I I I missed. I forgot about it. I forgot about how funny that movie is. Honestly, it's really funny. Um, yeah. I don't love that movie overall. I think I, I I'm not as high on it as you are. But I did. <laughs> there are, there are bits in that movie that are just fucking hysterical. Yeah. Dude, I love my dead gay son. I forgot. One about of the that. best that single so lines funny. of any movie I've ever heard. Yeah. And we talked about it earlier. I've seen a lot of bullshit. Like that, well, that, that that's, whole speech I'm, is hilarious I'm that in too. The, like category of monologues, and it, yeah. it is one of the best of those. <laughs> yeah, it's so fucking funny. But yeah, great choice. I like that. Alan Partridge. It was so hard to pick a scene from this movie because it was the <laughs> one of the. It was without a doubt the funniest movie I watched all of last year. Yeah, um, like you mean outside of the show included? Maybe the like, last five years. Like yeah, dude, that movie is hilarious. It's it's one of my new favorite comedies ever. Mm-hmm. But if I had to pick one scene from it, like I had to include one. I wasn't going to leave Alan Partridge off the list. But if I had to pick one, I know it's not your favorite, but Michael in the locker <laughs> had me keeled over. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not I, I'm never going to do the, the bit justice because it's all about the interplay between Michael and, and Alan and the way that mm-hmm. that Alan's reacting to what <laughs> Michael is saying that that's what I find so funny. So like I could never do it justice, but like go watch that scene, watch the whole movie. But when you get to that scene, yeah. I was crying, Jared. Jared. I could not keep it together. Dude, I'm just like as you're talking, I'm just thinking about that movie and it's just so relentlessly funny it's just like i i and every type of funny i absolutely love that movie i'm just thinking we quote a lot you and i quote cocaine enthusiast steven nicks or fleetwood mac and like there's just mac so many soft rock cocaine enthusiasts <laughs> yeah fleetwood mac <laughs> next you've already mentioned the character but taking of pelham one two three kaz dalowitz approaching the train Oh when the guy's like, don't come any closer. And he's like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> and just the absolute reckless abandon with which he approaches that situation is so funny to me. Uh, so, yeah, that's one of that's them for great, sure. That's a great one. That's a great one. <laughs> Bottle Rocket. 
when Owen Wilson and Luke Wilson are talking about the the girl that they had just talked to, I don't remember the context of what the girl did, but but Owen Wilson finds out that this girl hates him, and he says, "What? What has she ever accomplished in her life that's so great?" And just the <laughs> sincerity with which Owen Wilson delivers that, just like disappointed but fuck you kind of response to that situation it just it killed me i I just laughed my ass off at that um and then last but not least king of comedy when jerry lewis encounters that woman at the phone booth and he refuses to give her an autograph and her response is you should get cancer i hope you get cancer Yeah, I that line reading will stick with me forever, and that's my winner. That's great choice, dude. That's dude, that's a great choice. Great choice. That's my you winner. You say that's that's your winner. That's my winner. Whoa! Yeah. I did not see that coming. What's your yeah, What's your you winner? You should get cancer. My winner is, without a second thought, Steve Coogan out the window. Dude, that I <laughs> you, just you I just could not get over that scene. That is one of the. It's great biggest laughs in movie history for me like in terms of me like seeing something and howling like i haven't laughed that hard at a movie since team america world police first time i saw that i was in stitches from beginning to end i think part um, of it for me is like i didn't realize that steve coogan could be that much of a physical comedian same here because we talked a bit in that episode but you and i came at coogan more from like the trip and those sort of movies where it's all about um wit Yes. You know, it's very it's very dry and very witty. I didn't know he Sarcastic, could be yeah. a f- physical buffoon in like the vein of like Three Stooges style slapstick. I didn't know he had that comedic range, and I was just like, I didn't expect to see a gag like that in a movie with Steve Coogan in it, and it mm-hmm. was just so damn funny for me. So that's my winner. But just a lot of big laughs this year, a lot of good ones, a lot of good ones. Um, my honorable mention was uh, Putney Swope. Uh, for me, the, my favorite, it, it, I think it's just that it caught me off guard, but, uh, that you can't eat an air conditioner bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got two quick honorable mentions. One is Hank Azaria falling in the shoes when he's in, in the birdcage and <laughs> he slips. Great choice. We, we find out that he can't walk in shoes or at least he claims and we get a chance to see like truly how bad he is at it and it's just a great comedic fall uh-huh. he sells it completely it's so so funny but you picked the proper birdcage scene when you picked the gene hackman bit because yeah, that, that is the I'm funniest bit is, in the movie is, without question so fucking funny and then you mentioning taking of pelham uh spurred one of my mind just now and that is uh <laughs> the, the police officer who turns around when the mayor arrives and says jesus it's the goddamn mayor and it's like the crowd <laughs> has started booing the mayor's arrival <laughs> but it's just, that's a big laugh for me too but yeah very new york good ones yeah jesus that's the goddamn hour. that's yeah. hilarious um yeah. all right let's move on cool to best stunts best stunt and i predict I, a lot of i think we both here. approached this a little bit differently because cool, i cool, went cool. more in the general like just movie like the mm-hmm. whole movie's stunts Mm-hmm. But I do have specifics for why I picked those things. So, But cool. I think you picked individual stunts. Do I have that I right? I did. I picked individual stunts, yeah. and my list is pretty short. Mine is only three, okay. but they're, they're hyper-specific stunts. I and did then three if, as well, so we're good. If you, if you kind of open up the conversation beyond that, I'm sure we'll talk about others just organically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My nominees for the stunt award. Heaven's Gate, that final battle sequence... 
Mm. The pure chaos of that and how many horses and the actual actors being yeah, on the dude. horseback. Like Jeff Bridges is literally in that clusterfuck. Mm-hmm. There is so much potential for danger in that scene. And I got to tip my hat to everyone that took part in that scene because it's a huge ensemble of, of extras that, that is in that sequence. Love that choice. And I, it didn't occur to me. So we have no overlap there. I love that. Second, um, on Her Majesty's Secret Service, specifically the ski photography in that mm. movie. The mm-hmm. ski chase in that is one of the best in the series, and it's a series that's known for ski chases. And a huge part of that is just the way that they filmed that. They literally had like a championship skier with a, a camera strapped between his legs, <laughs> skiing backwards so that he could <laughs> could photograph that those scenes. It's an Nuts. incredible feat. They had like we talked about it on the episode, but there's like a um, there was a, a picture I saw of a guy in like essentially like a miniature hot air balloon. That's like, you know, suspended uh, and, and f- you know, filming from above, like with a camera strapped to his chest. It's crazy. Like, like the stuff that they did to capture that stuff. And it looks incredible. So I give it give them a nomination as well. And then finally, face off the entire end action sequence with the boat chase and, you know, everything involved in that and, and the, you know, shooting it, you know, the the face off literally and figuratively yeah, yeah. <laughs> between uh, uh, John Travolta and Nick Cage at the end of that. Mm. It's so fucking good, man. Yeah, dude. I, uh, I really like that you're, you went a wider scope and I'm going to get a little more specific. I think that's cool. Love all those nominations. Uh, we do have some overlap, but also a lot that doesn't. So this should be a blast. Uh, my nominees include, again, mine are a little more specific. The Hoover Dam Rappel. Scene oh, I should have thought in of that. Universal Soldier. Just that it's a great stunt. Forward running down the face of the Hoover Dam. I'm just like, God damn, no pun intended. That's just a great, great shot. Really, really cool stunt. Uh, and beautifully photographed. Good call. Um another one is in face off. I'm gonna say specifically uh the water, the barefoot water ski mm-hmm. is just one of the coolest stunts I've ever seen in a movie. And we talked about it on that episode, but John Woo shot it so well. Just let it breathe, kept the camera steady, and you could just drink in the stunt. Really cool. And then my last nominee is The Leap in Conan the Barbarian. That was on my honorable mentions. Just like, uh, I literally gasped when I saw it, like in the movie for the first time. Yeah, and that they don't cut away. Yeah. That's what really got me was you you see the whole fall. Yes. Uh, I mean, obviously, you don't see the body like hit the ground, but but you know, whoever is doing the stunt is falling behind an object in frame. It's not like yeah. you know, it's not cutting away right before they hit the the pad at the bottom. Yeah, and my memory is there's breakaway wood that the person lands on, and mm-hmm. I think underneath that is a crash pad that's off camera. But but you see the wood way, break. <laughs> you see the wood break. So the stunt person she hits the wood and then goes like it's just. And you, we've seen enough movies and kung fu movies to know when something is wired. And you can yeah. just tell that is a free fall with no assistance. And it's just an incredibly courageous stunt. So that was one of my favorites of the years, too. But those are my specific nominees for best stunt. Who you got, Drew? Who's taking the, on the crown for you? I think I have to give it to Face Off. Just that mm. whole, like, 
the barefoot water skiing, like you mentioned, there's a, a the moment where the boat hits that thing and launches the the two guys. All of those things, like there's like 15 stunts within that sequence that all could be on on a, this yeah. list on yeah. their own. You know what I mean? Totally, totally. Um, so yeah, I got to give it to that. Yeah. What's your winner? Dude, I'm going Conan the Barbarian, the leap. And I'm, I'm right incredible. there with you. I'm right there with you about the water skiing. And like you said, there's so many other stunts in that whole sequence that are great. But the leap is the one where I was just like, oh, like I, I was I was stunned. If I had one. approached this the way you had of just like focusing yeah. on one stunt, it would have made my list. Yeah, because like um, like the barefoot water ski is wow. Wow, that's so impressive. The leap was like, whoa, like, holy shit, I'm startled. Well, the I'm most scared. impressive thing, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I, just, I did want to highlight, though, for the face-off water skiing thing, we should mention, like, it's not the fact that he's doing it barefoot. That's cool on its own. But it's the fact that he's holding on to the side of the boat and not like he's, it's not like a, a toe oh, yeah. like behind the it's boat. A, it's like a, a, a short rope. If, if he falls a hair the wrong way, he yeah. he's going into the propeller. He almost died doing that stunt. The stunt person. Yeah, and he he soldiered through it. But like it's incredible. Just, it, so yeah, both both cool. I'm I'm glad we hit both of those. Great stunts. Yeah. Um, I also did want to mention as an honorable mention, uh, bad day at Black Rock. That one arm mm. cliff driving at the, in that one chase sequence. Yeah, dude. that's a good stunt. That is a good driving stunt. You're right. Yeah, because they're right on the edge of that cliff. It's mm-hmm. terrifying. Yeah. yeah, and he's doing it one choice. Hell yeah, dude. That is an awesome choice. I love that. Shall we move into a really important category? No other award show has this category. I can say that definitively. We have a recurring segment on our podcast where we analyze the most grotesque, the most <laughs> intense, the most brutal of kills. <laughs> And for that, we have the top, top brute. This is the top, top brute. Huge category here, Drew. It Huge. Is. It is. I want to I hear your list first, if you're cool with this. What do you have on your list for top, top brutes? So I, I wanted to make a conscious choice here to mm. include some, because, you know, we do have the recurring segment on the show, the top brute segment for any action movie or, or whatever that we cover. But we've skipped it on a few movies that, that have brutal moments. Mm-hmm. We just weren't talking about them in that context. So yeah, I wanted to make a I conscious effort this. to include some things that, that are a little off the beaten path. Cool, because I did not do that. So I'm excited. I'm I'll excited. start with the, the most obvious one, which I think will probably make both of our lists. It's in On Her Majesty's Secret Service. <laughs> it's the original Top Top Brute. It's the henchman in the wood chipper. <laughs> in the weird or the snowblow combine thing yeah yeah and just the blood and viscera being thrown <laughs> so, and so unexpected i mean great choice and it is on my list as well okay i i knew we would have that you knew one. It, you it was the original it's it the was original. the it spawned the category yeah um let the right one in oh the swimming pool. We didn't talk about it as a top brute at the time, but that is a top brute. Yes. And again, we'll speak a little vaguely, but I'm right there with you, dude. That's a, that's a top brute for sure. There's a lot of sneaky brutes in that movie. Cat, cat lady. Cat lady. Yeah, cat lady. Cat lady. <laughs> cat 
cat lady was a top brute for sure. Oh my god. Yeah, no <laughs> spoilers, but lady. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Vivarium. Oh. The guy crunching that used body oh. into the drawer. I still think about that all the time. Dude, yeah, dude. Shout out to Eric. Eric Williams, who does our music and was our guest on that episode, for bringing that really strange movie our way. And that's a great top brute. And it's a dope movie, by the way. But yes. um, yeah, that crunching, rolling up in the. Ooh, yeah, it, that is a brute. That is definitely a brute. Heaven's Gate. Christopher Walken's death scene. Oh, yeah, dude. That is such a top brute. Yes, yes, yes. The, on fire. I I'm, I'm oh, leaving oh, yeah. that spoiler in. I don't even yeah, care. Yeah, sorry. We. Let's Sorry, just talk guys, about it then. Yeah, we're going to get in there. Holy shit. You want to talk about the most squibs I've ever seen on a single yeah. person? Yeah, like, dude. He get, he get it's James Caan in The Godfather times yeah. 10. Yeah, and he's, is he on fire? Or he's surrounded by fire. He's not on fire. No, no, the like, house yeah, is yeah, on yeah. fire, and he comes yeah, out yeah. like guns a-blazing. Like, yeah. yeah. That is such a brute, dude. That's a great choice. Yeah, so uh, I, I just like... I think about that scene all the time. It's it's so well staged and like it's incredibly brutal. Um, last but not least, Conan the Barbarian, James Earl Jones at the end. I'm not going to say what happens, whether he does the killing or he gets killed, mm-hmm. but there is a brutal ass <laughs> yeah, death. Yeah, dude, that's a good choice. And that's a good choice. The way, it, just the 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 satisfaction you feel watching that at the end of that movie and just like it, it is like it's fucking gnarly <laughs> it's, I, it is um i'll just i don't i don't want to say anything about it it's great that's a it is everyone who's seen it knows what you're talking about yes sometimes it takes more than one <laughs> and it's just uh yeah it's a great <laughs> i just it's got just, that yeah 100 yeah. percent. yeah and it's just uh yeah that's a great choice good okay. good top root nominees i love who that. are your nominees okay nominees for my top brute we have kung fu hustle the face punch hmm. when the first time he fights the beast and he hasn't been his powers have not been awoken yet and he the beast like punches his face like into the ground with his neck like he yanked back and stuff is that that's a that's a top brute. I've got ironically another face punch. And Ooh. that is in Universal Soul. Oh yeah, <laughs> you love that one. I love it because it's so um it's so <laughs> gross. Like uh, in it um this second spoil, I don't care. Dolph Lundgren has like It's been pretty awoken. early in the movie. It's pretty early and you know he's going to, you know, fuck shit up. He punches a lab technician in the face through like a hazmat suit face shield and you see the fist go into the like prosthetics face and it twists and it makes like a click noise and it's just like a hole left in the face. Grizzly. It's just such a brute. Such a brute. We have our shared one on Her Majesty's Secret Service, the combine snowblower, whatever you want to call it. Um, Kind of eerily similar to another brute from Universal Soldier in a way, the Discharge Sarge, but True. Uh, we'll leave that one alone for now. Um, I have Conan the Barbarian. This was really close between the snake and the camel, but I mm. think I'm going with the snake. Yeah. Uh, the snake was a brutal, brutal one. And then this final one is 
just occurred to me, and I was like, you know what? I, we didn't have Top Root now. You mentioned it, and it, and it jogged my mind. I'm going for it. And that is in Heaven's Gate, the Chris Christopherson slap. When he slaps <laughs> that guy, it is the most epic slap I've One ever seen. One of cinema's great bitch slaps. Yeah. You'll never be in my class, Kate. <laughs> just like takes him Wrecked. out, dude. It's just a brutal, brutal slap. I love it. My winner, man. I, I'm rethinking this as Ooh, I'm I looking love it. at I it. I love it. I think I think I gotta go with Conan. It deserves really? this category. It deserves mm-hmm. this category. Yep, the hack. It's yeah. really fucking gnarly, <laughs> yeah, and and I. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's such a great way to end that movie that it like it, it deserves it in my opinion. Yeah, dude, I love the hat. The, the, the ending of Conan is a great, great choice. All right, what's yours? Um, I'm going with. I feel like it's a little bit of cop out, but it's what my heart is saying. It's the OG. It's the Combine. It's the guy in I Honor Majesty's Secret That was what service. I originally wrote down, but I was like, ah, it's I, we, we both picked it. I'm glad you picked it as a winner, though. It yeah, deserves at it, least one of our darts. And the thing, I'm sure we talked about it in the episode, but up until this point in the film, we're just watching a cool, fun, breezy James Bond movie with like no gore, no blood, just very 60s James Bond. And then all of a sudden we just get this like extremely violent and extremely dark scene. So that's part of it is the it's jarring the out nature of, of it. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. like the Conan one, and I'm right there with you, but we've been, this whole movie is an epic, you know, violent trudging revenge fest sort of thing um this is just all of a sudden you're like eating popcorn and you're like oh, oh my god whoa like, did i just see what i guts, think i just saw guts flying through the air and, and they shoot and they show can it you, and it's can you ridiculous. imagine being like a dad in 1968 and taking your like 10 year old son to that yeah and, and just being like oh whoops. i did not think i was going to be showing my kid that today yeah i guess uh i guess they know about that now that stay PG. away from yeah dude it's crazy it's crazy but yeah that's my winner dude honor matt the original top brute from honor majesty's secret service i, I think you you did it a good service by giving it one of our awards good. i appreciate good, good, that good. all right i want to move on to an award called the uh not for me. Award. Not for me. <laughs> it's like the Larry David Award. Yeah. <laughs> not for not, me. Not, not my cup of tea. And uh, I've only got one on here. I'll just come right out and say it. And I, it's been getting a lot of love tonight, and, and I, I'm glad that you're able to give it this love, but Repo Man wins my Not For Me Award. Not for you. <laughs> Dude, I think I get it. I, I think I could have guessed... It breaks my heart that you don't love that movie even a fraction as much as I do. I kind of didn't I, like it at all. Yeah, you don't like it, and I absolutely adore it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you got to have these disagreements. Yeah, this is going to happen. We can't connect on everything, Jared. That's boring. No, that's bad podcasting. That's that's lame, and we're not going to we're not going to stoke the we're not going to pretend to disagree, but that's one where we generally were couldn't be further apart and that was the truth of the matter and it just it's just not your style not your cup of tea yeah just not for me yeah what's yours totally fair i mean it's probably i'm gonna say the easy one but then i'm gonna say my winner the easy one is moulin rouge that one i was just like dude fuck this movie in the ear i hate this movie you hate that a lot more than i hate repo man i'll tell you i yeah i actively despise i don't like baz Luhrmann's style like it came up last night people were talking about elvis and i was like just kind of 
somewhat involved in the conversation. I was just like, fuck you Baz Luhrmann. <laughs> no, I didn't. But like, I don't want to. I don't like his style. Like, I think it's cool that he's doing like inventive, fun things, and he has a different perspective on what films can do. But it's just not my cup of tea, which is, I think, why I it feel fits like Elvis might work well. better for you. But yeah, it definitely. Yeah. Like, if you're not into that, you're probably just not into anything yeah. he does. Eh. But not from how much of it is the Baz Luhrmann style versus the musical aspect of it? Um, it's hard to say. I mean, that one, it's just the hamminess and Moulin Rouge is the problem, really, uh, because there are musicals like like we we off off show talked about West Side Story. And like, yes, it like had those musical components that tend to annoy me, but I could still see that it's a really well made, cool movie. We're talking about the Steven Spielberg one here. Um but this, but yeah, Moulin Rouge just had nothing. But then the other one I'll say, which was like not a deep searing hate, but it was just kind of like, eh, not for me, was Let the Right One In. I was really not that impressed with that movie. Yeah, I, I, I got that feeling from your conversation. You just, it just didn't work yeah. for you. Yeah, just kind of, it's like just, I don't like vampires. It's just not really my thing. I don't like child actors generally when they're not very good. And this was kind of like, eh, nah. Yeah, we have multiple yeah. points of disagreement there because I think those yeah. kids are pretty good. But yeah. um, and you dig that movie too. Yeah, I actually the the female lead in that that I considered for my performances list. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, well, that was our not for me award. Let's move on then to the take your medicine award or the yeah, cram so it down a- your gullet <laughs> award, as we've called it in the past. This yeah. is the movie that. We are infuriated that our co-host has not watched at this point. Yeah, yeah. You want to lead uh, off on this one? Yeah, I'll, I'll go first. I am annoyed, very annoyed that you still have not seen The Sting. I fucking okay. love that movie. And um, it's just such a easy movie to enjoy. It's it's old school, but it's, it's fun. It's my favorite Paul Newman performance. I like it even more than him in The Verdict. Um, it's him at his coolest, his most charming, his most fascinating. Robert Redford is a banger in it. Robert Shaw is out of this world good. Okay. It's just, it's just, and it's just a, who doesn't like a movie about like a, like a sting, like a, like a, like con men doing, going really grand with trying to take somebody down. Like, it's just so cool. But it's one of the movies I was spoon fed in a class in high school. You know, we were in a crime and mystery course. We're like, all right, we're going to watch this movie from the 70s. And I was like floored by it. And I was like, yeah. this movie is awesome. Well, it's a heist movie too, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a I heist love. movie. And it's a, it's, a, it's a chicken soup movie too. It's like that type of movie for me where it's just, it's just feels good. It's just okay. a good, fun, interesting, great movie. So that's mine for you. What do you what's your, what's your, you, what is it called again? The, the cram it down your gullet award. That, or we can also call it the just fucking watch it award. Yeah, just fucking watch it. What is wrong with you? What's your pick for me? Yeah. Well, I had two I was tossing around. I'll get the one that isn't going to get the award out of the way first. That one is Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Yeah, you have been watching. It makes to watch no sense movie. to me that you haven't watched that movie. You For love years. you love action movies. You love martial arts movies. You love video games. I, I think on some level, not yeah, maybe not, yeah. Maybe not like you're not like an, a game obsessive, but I think like no, just the. But I've the, had phases in life where I really love them, right? Mm-hmm. And you love Edgar Wright, yeah. And it's Edgar Wright at his most Edgar Wrightiness. 
but outside of the Cornetto trilogy, which is like really fun to see. And he, he's doing a new thing. It's one of the most beautifully photographed movies I've ever seen. Um, the color palette is, is just, just out of control. It's, it's one of the coolest looking movies ever put to film. I, I just don't know how you haven't watched it. So that's my, that's not winning <laughs> the choice. award. Yeah. <laughs> what is the number? The one I that's have... winning my award because it really genuinely pisses me off that you haven't watched it yet is Midnight Run. You have oh, fallen yeah. head over heels in love with Charles Grodin in the past year and a half. You <laughs> love Robert De Niro. It's an 80s buddy comedy that holds up better than any I've watched from that era. Mm. It, it's, it's infuriating to me that you have not watched that yet. Dude, how about this? Um, when you visit Atlanta, we cut this out of the pod, but let's watch the sting in Midnight Run while you're here. Okay. I'm down. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, because you're so right. I have no excuse. I know. I understand why I avoid the Edgar Wright one, because I just remember seeing the trailer and just being turned off. It's just like, I sure. don't want to see. You have an impression kind of, built up in your head. Yeah. And I was kind of sick of Michael Sarah at the time. And I was just like, yeah, just looks like he's going to be. I don't know. It just looks. Eh. And I've just avoided it and never came back around to it. And it was before I knew how good Edgar Wright was and um and I, I didn't know how much he meant to me really but now that I know it's him that you endorse it so strongly it's definitely one it's I my favorite of his take movies. my medicine and see but for some reason I'm like not excited to fire it up ever I don't know why huh? that is but uh but yeah it is something I acknowledge I, I gotta say but in Midnight Run, I have no excuse. So like you said, I love Charles Grodin. I love De Niro. Like uh, Charles Grodin is becoming like one of my favorite big dogish like all timers. I just love him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I'd like to see him in movies more. And you're like, oh, you should see this. And I was like, oh yeah. And then I just forget or just disregard it. So yeah, I get that, dude. It's fair. That's my winner. Now we're moving into the major categories here. Mm-hmm. I think we need we need to we're heading down the 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 downslope into best picture and we won't spoil what our final category is, but yeah. if you're a loyal listener, you probably You'll know, know what's coming. You'll know. <laughs> we're going to start though with best screenplay. And I like this category cuz to me like it's very different to say this is a great screenplay versus this is a great film. Like you can have a, a visually stunning movie that's a great film that like the screenplay maybe is a little bit lacking. I, I don't know. I just, I think that it gives us a different lens at some of the great movies of the year. I loved it too, because I was thinking like, Oh, this is kind of multiple ways to take this. There's things like structure and, and things like that. But then there's also like dialogue, like mm-hmm. what, what movie had the best dialogue. So there's a lot, it's a lot going on here. So I'm glad we, we added it too. What do you got Drew, for your list of nominees for best screenplay? I'll start out with Mother, written by Bong Joon-ho and Yoon-kyo Park. Um, just an incredible screenplay from a structure perspective and, and the way that it, it toys with, with the audience's emotions and, and pulls you around. And, and man, it, it's, it's one of the best written things I've ever watched. Um, Vertigo, classic screenplay. Alec Koppel and Samuel A. Taylor, um, just one of the classics. It's great. Um, I'm going to throw Alan Partridge in here. And Love I'll, that. And I'll tell yeah. you why. Because unlike a lot of comedy from the modern era, 
that movie is tightly written. Like all of those jokes are written jokes. Like it yes. doesn't, it never feels improv It It is so yes. calibrated. It's like Arrested Development, which I think we made exactly. that comparison in the episode. Yes. And you know, I love what you said too, because at that time in comedy, it was very much like the Judd Apatow style. And we, of course, both love that. But it's like, hey, let's just get really great comedians in a room and riff and we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. And that's great, too. But you're right. This was like like a ballistic missile. This was like pinpoint comedic strikes. And uh, it's a very cool. Yeah. Samurai sword comedy. <laughs> the Big Sleet. I think this is a pretty obvious one. William mm. Faulkner, Lee Brackett, Jules Firthman. Uh, it's... This one is not getting on there for structure because I think part of the structure kind of falls apart in the adaptation yeah. of this of, this movie. Of um, course. But from a dialogue perspective, some of the best dialogue we, ha- we heard all year. And I didn't want to put two Humphrey Bogart movies on here. I, I strongly considered uh, In a Lonely Place as well. But I wanted to put this one on just because, man, that snappy dialogue is just so fucking great. Dude, for some reason it... it- I didn't think of it. it. Big Sleep didn't occur to me for this for this category. And I'm so, so glad you mentioned it because it would be a sin. I was so in love with that dialogue. I've forgotten how, how crisp and fun it is. It's great. That's a great choice. And then last but not least, um, we talked a lot about this screenplay on the episode, but The Sixth Sense, man. Wow. You want to talk so about- I'm so surprised about one that's absent from your list. Sorry, I'm interested about to hear what sense. that is. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you after the sixth sense. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, for the sixth sense, I mean, that is just the most perfectly executed magic trick ever put to to, to script. Like it's it's incredible, um, and that's definitely execution dependent when it comes to like his direction that elevates it. But just the just the concept of the story and how he puts it all together and like you know by all accounts when you read that screenplay, like I, I remember Bruce Willis saying this in an interview that like. When you read it, you had the exact same experience as people watching the movie where you were just like, wait, I need to go back and reread everything that I just read because I never saw that coming. Yeah. And yeah. I that has to be commended. So yeah. that's my, my well, fifth dude, nominee. I love that nominee. Did you consider The Last of Sheila? You know, I did. Um, I didn't put it on there. Not because it's not deserving, but just because I felt like I, I a stronger connection to these other screenplays. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um, definitely was on my honorable mentions. Yeah, that's the one that surprised me. And I kind of wish I had put Last of Sheila on mine because it really is worth talking a about. Great sure. scripts. Yeah. I really, that movie also has grown on me a bit more. Like has it? when we talked, yeah, when we talked about it, like we were like, yeah, this is pretty good. Great, great twist. Like, you know, good fun whodunit. But it's, it's crept in my mind. Like, okay. I don't think it's going to make my best picture list or anything, but I like it. I like it's it more than really, I thought I did. It's a really, really strong movie. Uh, yeah. You know, I had the one major complaint, which is I think Richard Benjamin is fucking terrible in that movie. Yeah, you did not. It, it knocks <laughs> it down like a full letter grade for me, but uh, yeah. but I still really, really dig that movie. That's fair. And you had problems with the direction, too, as I recall. It was yes. just like very, it was very vanilla, very yeah. bland. That, that movie sort of. lives and dies on its writing, and it yeah. lives. Yeah, yeah, I it mean, lives. it's a great fucking screenplay, it lives. for sure. All right. Who are your nominees? We share Mother. Mother yeah. is a, a movie that I, when when you mentioned structure, I was like, oh, man, Mother is just incredible. And mm-hmm. we'll keep it vague, but just a, an amazingly built story. Um, and 
man, does it kick you in the stomach a couple of times. Yeah. Um, uh, no surprise here, but I'm going to go with the Birdcage for another nominee. Nice. Elaine May, amazing, amazing, legendary writer. And the Birdcage is just uh, so tight. And we talk about tightness and efficient, you know, and it's just so funny. And it's I don't so remember well you having this strong of a reaction to it in the moment. It is, is this one of yeah. the ones that, that's really grown on you? Yeah, I think so. And I think that, that the truth of that matter is being revealed to me just through conversation. I'm like, oh, Birdcage is popping up all over the place on this list it just, for me. you remember things. You're just like, yeah. oh, that's a great bit. Like, and I was thinking of like a joke like um, when his son says, oh, are you upset? And he chugs the wine. And says, puts the glass down and says, but let me tell you why. Like, just that type yes. of like, so uh, like uh, that type of writing is, it's so well done. And we talked about Elaine May a lot in that episode and justifiably so, but her and Mike Nichols, they're, they're such a good match. And they um, really are. And it's just, that movie to me is a celebration of one of the celebrations of what makes their connection so special. And it's mm-hmm. like great for us as fans to be able to witness what they can produce together. And it's just, it's really special. Great movie. Another thing that we missed uh, talking about with that movie, I can't believe neither of us for best shot put the cruise ship shot. in. Oh we yeah, both you're right. And, and that would be another one that would be a good best opener that like helicopter shot into the club, like into Miami is fucking incredible, but you're yeah, right. That cruise is. shop shot. I forgot about that one. Um, another great screenplay choice for me. We talked about it a little bit earlier, but Bad Day at Black Rock. Mm. We talked about it sort of lean, fighting, like like just, just a lean, tight script. And it is tight as a drum, and it gets you to your destination as fast as possible. Like a bullet train. The script is a fucking bullet train. So I really dig that movie. Dialogue-wise, I'm going to say Heather's. And when we talked about that episode, uh, that movie, um, I agreed with you that sometimes the characters don't crush the dialogue. There are some times that the act, the performances fall a little bit short, but the strength of the words is still there. And it is some of the most fun I've had listening to people talk in mm-hmm. a movie. And it's, um, so I really dig the dialogue in that. Um, and then last one on my list is Modern Romance. Just this is really a combination. This is a combination of incredible dialogue and incredible structure. We talked about the opening earlier and how it just throws you right in, but then we get this great part of the story where he's by himself on Quaaludes and talking to himself and calling people on the phone. And then it's just it's just a really well-built story with great, great dialogue. Um, so that's another one I thought was a great, great screenplay. Who are you going with, Drew, for your choice for the Yuna? best screenplay. <clears throat> it sounds like this one might shock you a little bit, but I'm going with The Sixth Sense. Wow, that is surprising. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I think like I was not new to that movie when we watched it. It's a movie that I've had a long time to think about and it really just like, I don't know. Something about that movie just, just works on every level for me and the screenplay is a big reason why. I just like what you said about it. You know, Bruce Willis had to reread it. Like that is just a great, very well constructed magic act. Great choice. Um, I have another audible here. I had I was gonna go with Mother, but I've talked myself into the birdcage. Like, wow! It's, I love it's just, it. Uh, this is not an Elaine May Lifetime Achievement Award. Like I'm not just doing because it it's her. Like I'm just really thinking about it. And my like, goddamn, that movie is just so well structured. And much like Alan Partridge, the jokes are written. They are they are placed 
they are not figured out on the day necessarily. Um, and yeah, it's just a great, great movie. I don't know. It is just so, so well built. So I'm yeah, I'm ruined. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just, uh, so yeah, that's going to be my winner, but a lot of great, a lot of great scripts that we got to watch. Yeah, no, I had a bunch of honorable mentions in this category. I mean, there were there there were a few that you mentioned that I was just like, I can't believe I didn't even think about that. But like yeah. a couple others that we haven't talked about, um, I mentioned in a lonely place, um, burning. What an incredible screenplay! Yep, yep. great script. Um, great screenplay. Bound. Mm-hmm. Such a good freaking yes. screenplay. The Wachowskis are so fucking smart about how they constructed yep. that movie for the you know the budget that they mm-hmm. had. Um, it, it's you know. It's sexy. It's smart. It's it it you know is cool. It's awesome. Yeah, it's it's such yeah. a good screenplay. Um, yeah. And then I also wanted to mention the taking of Pelham one two three. Mm-hmm. Great yep. movie. That's a great great script too. Yeah. I'm with you, dude. Yeah, good choices. I think it's time to go back to our acting categories and cover best performance. This best is leading performance. performance. Yes, um, I will say. Um, there are. I put some that were not necessarily leading. I put one. So there is. There how, is. How uh, does that work? We have a leading and a supporting <laughs> category. What is this? Because I was. Because I saw best performance and I thought, what is the best performance? No, like, no. That's what I did. That's what I did. That's what I'm doing, man. Sorry. <sighs> Fine. Whatever. That was the name. I was like, best performance. What is the best performance? You know, leading. Um, <laughs> I should have written that. I thought that was implied. <laughs> it was not. Next time. I'll do that next time. But mine is is any performance. Okay. My nominees, Robert De Niro, King of Comedy. Mm. I think that's a pretty obvious one. Incredible. Maggie Chung, In the Mood for Love. Mm. Just incredible. God, just like that. Those dresses, too. I mean, oh. it has nothing to do with the performance, but my God. Tony Lung, In the Mood for Love. Ooh, two from the same film. Yeah, he is fucking awesome in that movie. Jennifer Tilly for Bound. She yes. is so good in that movie. Yeah, dude, she's she's awesome. I love that choice too. Another fairly obvious one, but Kim Hye Ja from Mother. Spencer Tracy, one of my original favorites that we covered. Bad Day at Black Rock. Alicia Vikander in Ex Machina. I think that's just mm-hmm. a f- stunning performance. Humphrey Bogart. In a Lonely Place was the one I went with. Yeah, I, I mean, Big troubled. Sleep would have been close, but I felt like he had to be on the list somewhere. Yeah, he's more complicated in In, in a Lonely Place, so mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Henry Thomas in E.T. Maybe this... We've talked about Haley Joel Osment already, but Henry Thomas is probably the single best child performance ever put to film, in my opinion. It's, it's just unreal. It's spectacular. And then last but certainly not least, one that I think might catch you off guard, but Mila Jovovich in The Fifth Element. That does catch me off guard. That was my yeah. saucy pick. I was just That like, is a saucy little pick. I love her in that movie. Yeah, the physicality dude. that she brings as well as just this like, you know, babe in the woods kind of thing going on, but then she becomes the most powerful one like in the entire movie by the end it's just, it's such a great fucking performance dude it it's also a tricky one like she's playing this like pretty much a demigod who's discovering about life for the first time and yeah it's just it, yeah i love that choice I, I like that saucy pick what's your 10 my 10 there's there are several we share and then several we don't 
I also have Alicia Vikander from Ex Machina. I mean, truly one of the great AI performances I've ever seen. And her her level of grace and elegance is remarkable in that movie. It's 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 really special. Yeah, you, well, I mentioned physicality with somebody else, but yeah. hers in that movie, like the yeah. ballerina, you know, <sighs> skills that she brings. Yes. Incredible. And then the the um the her, the look in her face on first viewing it's inquisitive and on second viewing it's analytical. It's yeah. it's really 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 great stuff there. I've got Albert Brooks in Modern Romance. Good I yeah. I just love that performance. Like he's just so he's such a wreck. He's so funny. He's just uh, like him. The scenes with him and Kirby in the editing bay are hysterical. Like it's just a really strong performance. And there are parts of it that it's kind of like a one man show. Like he's talking to himself. So it's just a lot of really impressive elements in that performance to me. Uh, the next one is the reason I'm doing outside of um, outside of principle is I have Sandra Bernhard. In the King of Comedy. This is why she was not mentioned in the best supporting category because to me, she's very is, confused when you said it would yeah. come back around. <laughs> For me, yeah, because she is just, uh, it's just an unbelievable performance. She is an absolute powder keg. And and I view her as one of the main, one of the leads, really. Oh, and yeah. I guess, it's a three hander yeah. in that movie. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So that's, yeah, it's, it's, it, yeah, exactly. It is a three hander. Um, so that's that one. I also have Kim Haja from Mother, just a really, really great, great performance. Not a ton to say about it, really. It's just perfect. It's just perfect. That's all. Um, it's a bit of a saucy one for me, I think. I got Jeff Bridges in Thunderbolt and Lifefoot. Like, um, Somewhat maybe saucy, it's not but saucy. I, I mean, I love that yeah. pick. He, he's Oscar yeah. nominated. Yeah, I was just, I, right as I said that, I was like, shit, wait, no, he was nominated for that. But it is, but, it is a yeah. really great performance and not one that immediately came to mind for me. Yeah, he's just so he's just so charming in that movie, and he's just so unique, and I just really dig that. Here's this one is saucy. I got Imogen Poots in Vivarium. She was right on the borderline for me. Yeah, like she is so fucking good in that movie, and she is just she's great. She's she's interesting, fascinating, great on camera, all those things we love, but delivers her lines great. Like exp- like is so expressive. She's Fantastic. Well, the transformation he, she has to go through over the course of that movie is really, mm-hmm. really impressive. Yeah. Um, and she produced the movie, so she clearly like had a lot of passion for the project, and I think that really comes through the performance. Yeah, totally, totally agree. Next is uh, maybe Saucy, I don't know, Steve Coogan, Alan Partridge. Yeah, also like, just, right on the border for me. Yeah, it's just, it's just, we've talked about it a ton in this episode, and I love that. I'm just obsessed with that movie, and he is... You can't have it without him. Like he's no. obviously the only person who could do this character, and he is hysterically funny. He's so great in that performance, in that character, I should say. Mm-hmm. Next one is another shared. I also have Henry Th- Henry Thomas in ET. Just like um, like you said, maybe the best child performance ever. It is shockingly good. And let's not forget, it's not just that he delivers his lines great, and he does. There's scene. There's a scene in it where he has to dance. Like there's, there's a lot is asked of him. He's asked to like confront death on screen. Yeah, he's asked to cry and then dance with the, the cute girl at school. And it's like, it's a tough, it's a tough thing to do. And he pulls it off 
and then some. It's really, really spectacular. Still and a great I actor to this day. I love his work with Mike Flanagan recently. Yeah, I'm so glad that he didn't like go insane and and flame out. And neither did Drew either. They both kept it together. I'm well, really impressed. Drew, Drew I mean, had Drew's a, a real of, wilderness period there. Yeah, she's a bit of a wild card, but I think she, she I mean, recovered. You, no, I, she recovered for sure. Yeah. No, no yeah. doubt there. But I'm just saying like she is one of the quintessential yeah. like Hollywood fucked me up stories. Yeah, yeah. There's just it's tough to survive that meat grinder. I know nothing about it, but I'm always impressed when people seem to escape relatively together. That's mm-hmm. uh, always commendable. Next one I have is Harry Dean Stanton and Repo Man. Like I just, um, I'd say that's also supporting, but sure. I don't know. I think I think it's kind of a shared movie with him and and with. Um, I don't know. You're right. But it's he's a, he's key. He's a key oh, component sure. of yeah, the he's, film. He's, like he's the, a, yeah. He's the beam that keeps everything together. Um, I don't know. It was just a magic to it. I mean, you know how much I love that movie. And it's like he's not doing anything special, yet somehow everything he does in that movie to me is magic. I don't. It's really weird. Like I'm sitting there and watching it. And I'm like, it's not that great. But it's also like absolutely perfect. It's really, it's really weird. So I, didn't I, I like had that to, movie, but I do love him. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's someone I'm. We, I mean, we've talked about it a little on the show. We're both so excited to see more of his stuff because he's mm-hmm. a fascinating actor. And then my last one. This one might be a little saucy, and this was a pop in. This was like I'm not fighting it. It popped in. I really like Chris Christopherson in Heaven in Heaven's Hell Gate. Hell yeah, I love he's that. He's really good. And I was thinking like. Just like again, I kind of mentioned earlier, you're not in my class, Cade. You'll never be in my class. Get that kind of badass, mumbly voice, and I don't know. I just really think it's an underrated performance in an underrated movie, and he's uh, really strong in that. It's so a those are my nominees for me. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's all it's all gravitas, as they say. Um, so those are mine. Who's taking it down, Drew? For you, who's taking the the golden dart home, and the Yuna for best performance. This one was really close for me. And so when you little, little background into the pre-show, um, I had started with gendered categories and, and Jared had started with non-gendered and we, I think made the correct decision to go with non-gendered. Uh, but that forced me to combine my two lists. Yeah, you had to pick a true winner. You had to and pick an alpha I winner. was so happy with both winners that picking one of the two was heartbreaking for me <laughs> but i gotta go with kim heja yeah. oh yeah. that is the most layered textured subtle just beautiful performances that i it's the most beautiful performance i've seen in ages like it's yeah. incredible it's remarkable it really is who is your winner my winner is um this one was easy for me it's sandra bernhard in king of comedy like when I think you of like what was I am obsessed with it. That's why I was so and shocked I, when I didn't hear it in the yeah, supporting I category. Because I just I'm just thinking like one of the performances that really rocked me, and she plays manic insanity to a degree that I've never seen. Even people trying to tackle like the Joker, like she's on like that level. It's unsettlingly of sort of like believable what she's doing. Yes, but yeah, she's not like 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 Heath Ledger's Joker gets a lot of praise for being just an unbelievable performance deserves that praise it's great we can kind of imagine that person existing but they're a comic book character and, and you know sandra bernhardt is like a little bit less crazy than the joker 
and I can see her existing. Like it's like it's really it's a really frightening level of insanity that is tangible and believable and off-putting and, and intense. Also, let's not forget hysterically funny. I oh, mean, yeah. we mentioned the sweater scene earlier the and stuff, but like she's just it's like so frightening and so scary and hilarious at the same time. It's an amazing combo. And it's the one that it's the performance in our last 50 that just really rocked my world. And I was like, that is one of the best performances I've ever seen. So that's my winner. So obviously it's not the one that you had chosen for your backup. No. Who, well, who was your two? I, I may have missed it. So correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but my number two was Spencer Tracy in Bad Day at Black Rock. Oh, wow. Wow. It was my favorite performance for a really long time on the show. Um, like I said, it was like so hard for me to pick between this and Kim Hae-ja. Uh, I think Kim Hae-ja's is just a little bit more, I don't know. There's, I, I, it, it's a toss-up on any given day. Yep. Yeah. It, it is remarkable. I'm so glad you mentioned Spencer Tracy's performance. And also, I want to just use this as a moment to give a shout-out to Robert Ryan, who plays the heel yeah. opposite He was of close Spencer on Tracy. my supporting list. Yeah, he's, he is just badass, and he's great in that movie. Um, as this like strong but cowardly person, really bizarre c- combination. Um, but yeah, Spencer Tracy is just the legend. And I'm sorry that I, in the 11th hour, forced you to consolidate the lists. Hey, and you had to pick. It was but the right in, call. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Cause I just like a great performance is a great performance. Like, who cares what the body is? You know, it's like, 100%. it doesn't matter. I'm right um, there with but you. But yeah, Spencer Tracy, a dope one. Uh, I've got some honorable mentions I did want to mention. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fire them off. I'm actually surprised she didn't make either of our lists, but Julia Roberts and Aaron Brockovich, I mean, it's a classic, great performance. I think she crushes that movie. Um, one that I re- part of me just wanted to put it on just to, just to really get you, but... <laughs> Ewan McGregor and Moulin Rouge. Oh, at least he didn't say Kidman. You, oh my God. Ewan is so good in that movie. Ewan He's is so okay. committed. He is, the, he is the best shitty thing in that movie. <laughs> I'll give him that. I fucking love him in that movie. Um, you want to talk about Ernest? Man, oh man, is he Ernest in that film. Yeah, he's but, Ernest. Like, yep. if you look it up in the dictionary, it's a picture of Ewan McGregor and McGregor Moulin Rouge. Over <clears> his <throat> typewriter. Being, I'm sad now because my love is gone. <laughs> so sad that my love has left me. <laughs> yep, that's your, yeah, you're not far off. You mentioned Imogen Poots. I'm shattering her out again because I love that yeah. girl. And uh, man, that fucking performance is great. I'm uh, not your fucking mother. It's oh, so cool, dude. She is awesome. Liam Neeson and Schindler's List has to be mentioned. Mm. Incredible performance. Yeah. Um, and then last but not least, I, w- I really wanted to shout it out. I, I, I didn't find room for it on my list, but part of me wishes I had. Uh, Peter Laurie in, in M is just outstanding. Mm, yeah, with those eyes, those yeah. crazy eyes. I, yeah, it's he is it's not as like perfectly dialed as some of these other performances are just because I feel it's, you know, it's early age of sound acting and like, yep. you know, people are still learning how to project their voice in that the, the right way and, you know, do all that kind of stuff. So, um, it's not perfect, but for the time, like if you take it in context, just an unreal performance. Let's move on then to best director. 
best director. This is a big one. Yeah, uh, you know, David Sims on Blank Check always talks about how his there's a lot of overlap for him between best picture and best director, and I think that that's that's partially true. But I do think that we had some movies this year that were maybe not my favorite movies of the year, but the way they were directed and the way that that material was presented is is so impressive that I think I've got a little more discrepancy than I thought I would. Yeah. Yeah, that's um I'm I'm don't know why, but I'm super excited to get into this category specifically. Um directing is such a bizarre magic. And also I'll say this. We're now entering my my ranked territory. Okay. So with these lists, this one's a fiver. I'm going to start with five and work my way towards number one, which is my winner. Directing is such a weird uh, combination of skills. You have to be like this great leader. You have to be motivational. You have to get the best out of people and you have to have good ideas. It's, it's, it's really, cr- I don't know how people do it. Um, my number five is Fritz Lang. I mean, we nice. talked about M last week and thinking about how revolutionary that movie is and how incredibly well it's directed and he was like inventing all this stuff like he said in that interview that i cited in the episode that he did with friedkin that he didn't have um people to follow he didn't have people who inspired him really he was just making shit up like on his own so completely inspired and you mentioned that shot in m that that goes through like the homeless quarters and like goes up into the next floor it's like the guy just came up with this stuff and it's just really, really genius level stuff and, and really cool. So Fritz Lang gets my number five. My number four is Wong Kar Wai. Um, even though I'm, I'm kind of like in the I'm mood so for love. I'm so happy to hear this, Jared. Well, it, it's the only Wong Kar Wai movie I've seen. And I just, um, I just felt that feeling that you expressed a lot, but I don't really notice um is the feeling of being in capable hands. I felt that throughout that movie, even when I'm confused and I don't know who is she talking to. Did this happen before? Was this after? Who's that? But I just, like, I, I almost hear him from behind the camera going, don't worry. Don't worry. We'll get to it. You'll figure it out. Just, we're good. And I don't know. He has this very, and that movie too is very kind of obviously seductively shot, but it's it was on my list for one of my best looking movies too, but it's beautiful. It, it, it just flows like a woman's dress in the breeze from like one thing to the next. It's just, it's a stunning movie. And I think it's incredibly well directed. And I'm, I've been told he's got just amazing movies and I'm so excited to see more of his stuff. So that still is the only one I've seen so far. Go watch Chungking Express and Days of Being yeah. Wild. Incredible yeah. films. Because you have that world box set, right? Mm-hmm. The world of Wong Kar Wai. Yeah, I really, I'm very excited to explore his stuff further. Um, next I have... Bong Joon-ho. I mean, Mother has popped up throughout this conversation. I mean, it's definitely one of the best movies I think we saw in the last 50. And he is just a remarkable director. Director, And everything about that movie is good. The score is good. It was on my list for best opening, best ending. Like, it's just everything is immaculate in that movie. So how could I not give Bong Joon-ho a shout out? My number two is Steven Spielberg. Nice. I and, and it's like, you know, <laughs> no shit. Steven Spielberg's a good director. But when we think of, of our last 50 specifically, we look back at that. We have Schindler's List and we have E.T. 
we have two movies that could not be farther apart in terms of what their objectives are and the emotional tones that they're dealing with. And visuals, he, like every, every element everything, is like flipped. Everything is different. <laughs> and they're both incredible masterpiece movies. Yep. They're insanely different, but somehow you can still tell it's him. It's I think so it's fair amazing to include both movies in this category because yeah. it's just like I mean it's a little yeah. unfair because yeah. you know most other directors we're considering only uh, had just one, one. But, uh, yeah. but I mean it's just like it's undeniable like you yeah. you could pick either one of those and I feel like yeah. he would deserve a nomination yeah this one this one uh, it, so he's he's my two my number one for best director of the year is Alex Cox. For Repo Man. You son of a bitch. I knew you I, were going to do this. I know you knew. You're and insane. I knew, dude, I rewatched <laughs> that movie the other day. and It's a lot of things, but well-directed is nowhere near the top is, of the list for me. And again, direction is a variety of things. There, There's shots and all that stuff, yes, but decisions made on sure. set are something that directors, they're constantly doing. And that movie has some of my favorite decisions that I've ever seen a director make. And it's just like, there's a looseness and a magic to it that it feels like, kind of like we talked a little bit about with um, The Killing of a Chinese Bookie. But it just seems like they were like, all right, let's make a movie. And it's this very like, uh, hey, what? put that hat on. That hat's kind of weird. And it's just, it's like a movie full of those sort of decisions. And almost all of them work for me. I just absolutely love it that movie just came in and swept me off my feet and and to me the biggest component is the directing and the decisions made and it's so funny because i know that you had serious issues with the directing of that movie but um for me it's just perfection in terms of again decisions made are i love them all no accounting for taste yeah, I suppose. I suppose. But that's mine. So you're doing a more traditional nominees, right? Yeah. Where you're going just, to. Yeah, yeah. I'm just nominees. No, no ranking because I, I think it's yeah. like any one of these could move spots on a given of day. Of course. So no, that's absolutely know. true. My nominees. I've got a few overlaps with you. I think Spielberg's the obvious one. Um, definitely an overlap there. Amazing. Uh, Amazing. Wong Kar Wai is also an overlap. Insanely well-directed film. Um, you didn't mention it, but like they basically were kind of making that up on the fly too. Yeah. Which you know, doesn't like that, look like it. <laughs> no. I mean, that movie was yeah. originally planned like that story that they, that became in the mood for love was originally supposed to be a part of like a larger anthology situation where there were like four or five stories in the movie. And they just liked that one so much that they expanded it and ran with it as they were filming. Like they, he had he didn't make that decision until like a week into shooting. I had forgotten about that. And again, like, again, to go back to the killing of a Chinese bookie, like we could tell we, you watch that movie. You can tell that they're like, OK, what are we what are we doing with this scene? And mm -hmm. OK, let's do this. And they figure it out and they do it. And that's magic. And that's really cool. I can't tell that. No, in, it's in Wong Kar Wai. It's it seems crafted. Like, it seems like everything was thought out beforehand and like storyboarded. And it, it's the fact that they're figuring it out on the day is so beautifully disguised in that movie. I don't think it's like they're improving it. Like they're definitely planning, but yeah, it, it's just there's no amount of it that feels. It just doesn't seem unplanned. Like n none of it seems chaotic at all. That movie is so steady. It's so stable and, and just and like it does, crafted. Yeah. Like like yeah, all the the ways that it, it 
jumps around and like it's like I don't know how they did that. And and Wong Kar Wai is how they did that. Um Bong Jun Ho also an overlap. I mean Incredible. what can you say? What can you say? What can you say? My favorite best picture win in my lifetime so far, I think, is Bong Jun Ho winning for Parasite. Like that's like my be- my favorite best director win as well. Yeah, he just he's so deserved it. Guy does not make bad movies. Every single one is a grand slam, and I think this is his most underseen, and it's probably my favorite of his yeah. movies. It's just he's he's a miracle worker. I think you and I would probably agree that it's tough to compare, uh, but I think like maybe Park Chan Wook is my favorite South Korean mm. filmmaker, yeah. but Bong is damn close, if not above that. I mean, they're they're, they're, they're neck both and neck. so good, and they're different too. Now we're getting to our non-overlaps. Ooh, juicy. We've talked about this. It's gotten brought up so many times on this show already. It's shocking to me <laughs> thinking about where we were, you know, before we covered this movie to where I am now with it. Michael Cimino for Heaven's Gate. Yes, it's a no-brainer dude. for me. Hell yeah, dude. I, I, I'm, yeah. Who he, else could have yeah. made that? Yeah, nobody. Nobody at, at that stage of his career... The amount of power he had and and the amount of moxie he had in the tank after winning Best Picture for Deer Hunter. Nobody could do it again. No. <laughs> it's crazy. Incredible. Yeah. I um, love that choice. I love I because it's again, that movie is nobody people haven't seen it and they bash it. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. That movie no. is dope. Insane. Finally, you want to talk about another director who crafted something out of nothing terrence malick days oh, of heaven yeah the other dude, heaven good movie. choice they've both been popping up all over the place but but i mean come on like that movie's so well directed like no who else is going to be able to capture those images when they're basically shooting on an in completely improvised schedule it's insane yeah that's um it doesn't make sense. And I love that choice. I didn't think of him. And that's a great pick. That's a great pick. Terrence Malick. Dude found you, it in the edit. How do you do that? I, I just, it's, it, it does defies logic. It doesn't Incredible. make sense. So those are my nominees. And my winner is Wong Kar Wai. Wong Kar Wai takes Drew's Una down. Uh, you know, like the more I just thought about that movie, I mean, I had seen it before we covered it on this show. Um, it may be unfair cause I've had more time to gestate with that and like stuff like ET and other stuff, but Hey, that's the Yunas, right? Yep. And this movie means so much to me. I, it like, I think when I'm feeling heartbreak, there's nothing that encapsulates that feeling more than watching that movie. Yeah. And yeah. it's something intangible. It's something ethereal. Um, I I don't know what it does, but it's it's subliminal and it just fucks me up, and and that's all on Wong Kar Wai. What what I find so cool about both of our lists and these directors we're talking about is th- nobody else could make the movies that they did. Steven Spielberg could not. Well, he could make a movie like you know, In the Mood for Love, but it would be totally a different film. He wouldn't like do these, it. Though, yeah. No, it would just it would just feel like a still movie. Like these yeah. these artists are in a in a beautiful way. They're incapable of of diversifying their style too much. Like they do their th- they do their things, and nobody nobody else could have done any of these movies. 
Nobody else could have made M like Fritz Lang did it. Nobody else could have made Schindler's List like Spielberg did. Like, no nobody one could else have made, made Days of Heaven like Terrence Malick. Malick. Nobody could. Have, nobody could have made Repo Man like Alex Cole did. It's just like <laughs> uh, Alex Cox. Sorry, like <laughs> nobody else could have made Repo Man like Alex Cox. Like well. it's just. It's like the decisions just all would have been different, you know, and um, I want to give just an honorable mention shout out to Mike Nichols catch 22 like uh, that. That is an element of directing in terms of coordination that is often overlooked. But to have so many different things and shots going on at the same time, that is another skill set that directors need to have. And he, in my opinion, um, crushes it. Yeah, I didn't consider him, but that's that's a solid pick. Um, But yeah, honorable mention. Honorable mentions for me. I gave him the screenplay award, so I couldn't give him this, but M. Night Shyamalan directs the fuck out of Sixth Sense. And like I said, when we were talking about the screenplay, like it's a brilliant screenplay, but it is execution dependent, and he yep. knocks it out of the park. Crushes it, dude. And I'm so happy that you liked Knock at the Cabin. That movie oh, is yeah. dope. Great. Yeah. Oh, by so the good. way, I was thinking about Knock at the Cabin today. Um, fuck, what was the movie I was thinking of? It's like a crisis of faith. Oh, because uh, I was listening to the the um, uh, King of Comedy episode, you mm-hmm. haven't seen uh, Silence, have you? No, I haven't. I, Dude, I've as wanted someone to. who loves those like Crisis of Faith movies, like that is a mm-hmm. must watch for you. Yeah, yeah, I have um, to. I got to see that. Yeah. Anyway, other mm-hmm. honorable mentions: uh, the Wachowskis. I think like the fact that that is a debut film, Bound being like that's just unreal to me. That movie doesn't make sense. It, it, it doesn't make sense. You're right. And again, um, like when we talk about debut films, even if you look at something like Mike Nichols, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, a debut film that Drew and I both absolutely love, that is a movie based on a play and it is shot in a very. It's on some way. guardrails, yeah. Yeah. And it's still, I mean, I'm sure he had to deal with huge egos and deal with this really uh, revered source material. So that came with its own bag of problems. I'm not diminishing that. But for. For the Wachowskis to come along and be like, "Hey, we're going to make our first movie. Let's let's go huge. Let's shoot for the moon." And they did. It's it's so it's such a courageous move. It's crazy. I don't know if I've ever seen a movie that I feel like maximizes it its budget more than that movie because that was a tiny budget movie and mm-hmm. it looks like fucking incredible. Yeah. I've never seen bigger risks taken in a first film ever. No. Even even something like Reservoir Dogs. But they're controlled risks. Like it's that. weird how you yeah. like when you're watching the risks they're taking, there's no like aggression to it where it's like, oh, it's a young filmmaker trying to just like, you know, be like, look at what I can do. Yeah. Everything like, makes it's sense. It's just effortless. Yeah. It's like like every flashy shot has its place it and, it, and it's, it's used selectively and they also yeah. shoot things traditionally when it's when it's required yeah, but just the fact that they're like hey let's uh when this guy's shot let's put him on a lever and have him lowered slowly it's like it's like it's just all this crazy stuff in that movie that movie's sick lily and lana please make more movies please hell yeah yeah keep um, coming but yeah they came really close to making my list and then uh last but not least just gonna throw it in there baz lerman come on man <laughs> you, I know you hate it, and I know it's yeah. not your style, but it is a style. It is. It is. You want to talk about style. someone? You brought up making choices. That man yes. does nothing but make choices. It, it is a style, and I'm very glad it's out there in the world because yeah. Baz Luhrmann's style, even though I make fun of it and I enjoy poking fun at it and mocking it, a lot of people really love it, and nobody else but him can do it. Again, he's one of those guys, yeah. one of those, one of those people, like one of them guys, one of those, one of them guys. Anyone else makes Moulin Rouge? It's not looking anything like that. No, like that's him. That's his style. All right, 
I think we need to move into best picture. Best picture. My nominees for best picture of the year, of the 50, I should say. Bad Day at Black Rock. In mm. no particular order, obviously, for no you. No particular just, order. And, and no winner announced yet, but yeah. Bad Day at Black Rock. E.T. Mm-hmm. M. We're getting all the initials out of the way. <laughs> Days of Heaven. Mm. And Heaven's Gate. Getting the parallels. Love it. What do you got? So again, I will go in tier order. My number five is the Blair Witch Project. Holy shit. Made my top five of the 50. Insane. I I mean, I, just, I love it, to be clear. Yeah. I just I don't I just love this movie. It's it shook me up so big time and when we explored the backstory of how it was made, it was such an ingenious idea and I really did think it was just one of those phenomenon movies, a nation sweeper that wouldn't really stand the test of time. And then when I sat down and I watched the movie in the day, mind you, and it terrified me. And I was like this movie is so fucking good. It it deserves every dollar it ever made. It, it's it's a really remarkable piece of filmmaking nothing really else has ever done it like that really lightning in a bottle all this stuff it's a miracle so i really like that's my number five go off i love it the blair witch project my number four is mother as you said this has been all over our list in a variety of different categories and everything came very close for me and now that I'm looking at my list, too, I actually think I would swap its place with my number three, which we'll get to next, of course. But um, Mother is just a is just a, an amazing movie. We've talked about so many vectors of it. I'll just leave that on set. But if you have not seen Mother, it's stupendous. My number three, and again, in hindsight, maybe would be my number four, is The Big Sleep. Like, The Big Sleep was just awesome. And I just openly loved it. I didn't... It's It's so bizarre we talked about it in the episode but to be so confused and not and never annoyed is such a rarity and i just um i loved it i love humphrey bogart in that movie i love all of the dames he's talking to just so many damey dames just daming it up <laughs> the dialogue is great the confrontations whether they're verbal or physical are excellent um it's just awesome it's just oh, an yeah. awesome movie that i just loved with open arms my number two and this is going to surprise you, I think. I'm going to leave the first unset, but my number two is Repo Man. Okay. Repo Man is not. I expected it to be best. in the five. I honestly didn't yeah. know if it would be at you know that high even. But it that's, was that's very close. It's the movie that I was most um, impressed by in a lot of ways, and and just loved and. I just and, I just need to put this in fucking perspective. Yeah. You're putting Repo Man on a list, and you're. At least so far, I'm not going to say what your your last one is, but you've sh- you've shucked E.T. Schindler's List <laughs> in the mood for love. M. Yep. Oh no, did you include M? No. Nope, I no? did not include M. Nope, nope. Burning in a lonely nope. place, like you have, yep. you have tossed aside some of the great I'm, movies I'm, of all time. I'm scorching them, baby, because Repo Man has this certain alchemy and magic to it. When I popped it in the other day to rewatch it, because I watched it. 
three times that week we talked about it. Mm -hmm. I was so you were obsessed. I was obsessed with it. And this was my first time watching it since then, which was not that long ago. But I popped it in and the movie starts and I was just like, God, I love this. God, I love this movie. But there is a moment I can admit now towards the end of the film where it gets it, it sags a tiny bit. And it's the moment I popped the, the DVD out and stopped watching. And it's around the time that they confront the Rodrigo's brothers with the baseball bats. Mm-hmm. Something about that stretch of the film, I kind of, it's just a tiny bit saggy, or at least it was on this last watch. Maybe I'll change my tune if I want to see it again. So I was like, you know what? If, if I'm being honest, that tiny, tiny morsel of criticism on a movie that I just gush over otherwise, I think I can't call it my best of the last 50. So I was like, I, th- I really thought going into making the list that Repo Man was going to take my Yuna, but it didn't for best picture. So I'll leave number well, one unsaid. What did? My number one for best picture is the King of Comedy. Holy shit. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. I th- I thought about it, and when you, I didn't want to tip my hand too much because when you said earlier that movie's grown on you, I completely agree. Like, I think about that movie, and it's like also a lean movie with no fat. Yeah. It's got incredible performances, incredible cinematography, incredible direction. Like, everything about that movie is amazing, and it's lean, and it's great. And again, it's this sort of somewhat neglected Scorsese gem in his whole kind of pantheon. Again, people our age don't really talk about that movie that much, in my opinion. And it deserves to be alongside all of his greats, in my opinion. And it's a movie I'm going to be excited to purchase and own. And I think it's going to be, you know, once every two years I'm throwing that shit on because it is a masterful movie and it's really quite perfect. Like I wouldn't change anything about it. And at no point do I check out. Like I had that little moment in Repo Man where I kind of like, eh, but... I don't have any of those moments in that. So I will say the King of Comedy takes down Jared. My awards for my favorite movie, the best picture for me in the last 50. Drew, you went through your nominees. You want to recap them real quick before you before you mention your sure. announcer? Yeah, we, yeah, we yeah, spent yeah. a little time there. Um, to recap, Bad Day at Black Rock, one of the tightest movies I've ever seen. E.T., the most I've ever cried at a movie. M, just incredible that that came out in 1931. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> Days of Heaven, doesn't make sense how that came together. Does it, Amazing. <laughs> Heaven's Gate, makes sense how it came together, but that's a story into itself. Amazing movie. That that That's my, like, aged in my brain just incredibly. I love that. I love that. But my winner is E.T., Wow, dude. It's a perfect movie. There's nothing there's not a single element of that movie that I would change. I think my only complaint when I listened to the or when we did the uh episode was uh the the mother performance in that. And I I I stand by that. But mm-hmm. even still, like zero part of that movie I want to to change yeah. because it it affected me so deeply. Um Yeah, it's it's it probably should have won my my closer uh, in some ways, but I you know I went with Burning because I think that like that, that ending is just so crazy, just unreal, it's so crazy, um, so crazy. But you know, just it, it it's a movie that I'm going to revisit for the rest of my life, and and I'm going to cherish it. And like it it it's like when you have those moments when you watch a movie and you're just like, oh, this is going to be a really fucking important movie for me. 
that's yeah. that's the experience I that's have. With that. So it has it has to win. Dude, it's so funny. Like we get on this podcast and we go through this this first fifty journey, and we we see some great and some amazing stuff. And the dust settles, and I pick a Scorsese movie, and you pick a Spielberg movie. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so funny, because for people who know Drew and I personally, like, I think those directors are kind of uh, emblematic to some degree of our, of our sensibilities. Like, I think Scorsese is a little more cynical, and, 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 and I can be that way sometimes, and obviously they... We're not just this, but I think, and I think, I think I'm a little bit more the cynic than you are, Jared. You're cynic, but you're, but you're, you're very optimistic with romance. I like to love. tap into the emotional side of myself yeah. when it comes to film. And I think Spielberg does that so well. And Scorsese makes me feel like a kid again. Yeah. yeah. And like, um, yeah. So, but I mean, obviously we gave good shout outs to other things, but I love that choice. I love both of our choices. Like the King of Comedy is just so fucking good man you didn't point out what i thought you were going to point out which is that one of our guest questionnaire questions has become favorite spielberg and favorite scorsese and this is we don't plan any of this shit folks as you could probably tell by the off the wall nature of the show but yeah that is uh an amazing sense now now that that i didn't that's canon that's canon now (laughs) yeah it's we just poured that we just set that in stone dude this is awesome so yeah that that question that question is not leaving the questionnaire now we absolutely have to leave it in because (laughs) that's amazing for the first units we have a scorsese and a a spielberg hey they earn their praise man and these are these are legit amazing amazing movies did you battle with um when you were putting this list together was it was it a thunderbolt were you like it's ET easily, or or was did you kind of have to kick them around and massage it, or was it just clearly ET for you? Um, for a long time after we watched it, Schindler's List was number one of the movies that we've watched, and it's still in my top five. If I were to rank all the movies, I just I felt wrong nominating two Spielberg movies. Um, but yeah, by the time I came around to to putting my list together, it it was a no brainer. Like. Just no question. That is the movie that just rocked my world. And, uh, you know, there we've watched a shitload of great movies. There are a lot of honorable mentions. But ultimately, like, I had to go with the one that affected me the most. Speaking of, yeah, speaking of honorable mentions, I just want to give a couple of things that almost made my best picture list. And I just, they're movies I really, really dug. I loved Catch-22. I really, really liked that movie. I think and it's another one that's really underrated. It's not considered by many to be one of Mike Nichols' classics. It's also considered to be a flop of his. I just think it's so great. It's so bizarre. It's so unpredictable. It's so weird. I love it. Uh, I also had Bad Day at Black Rock here in these honorable mentions. I, I We've talked about it a lot, but it's just such a good movie, dude. It's so, so good. Um, I really wish, part of me wished this this one made it in my top five, but I guess it just didn't really, didn't have room. It's Conan the Barbarian. Mm. That movie is mm-hmm. just awesome. And it's probably the most fun I've had of any of these movies, even, even more so than Repo Man. Like Conan the Barbarian is an absolute blast. And that movie was shockingly good and way better than I thought it was going to be. So I wanted to give a shout out to that. And then for just kind of strangeness and a little bit in that Repo Man category of stuff I dig, I just wanted to give Heathers a shout out. I really like that movie too. Um, nice. And uh, yeah, so those are kind of my honorable mentions. Did you have others you wanted to give to shout out? Yeah. Um, another creeper for me was was Bound. Um, you know, I've, I've mentioned it a few times on the show already. 
Um, but yeah, it's just a movie that's aged so beautifully in my brain and, and rewatching it just was, it's, it's a, it's a fucking lightning in a bottle type movie, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Burning. We've mentioned it a few times on the show. I didn't feel bad about leaving it off just because it's gotten a couple other awards, but, um, it's, uh, yeah, just a brilliant fucking film. Uh, you already mentioned the big sleep. That was also on my honorable mentions. Um, and then I already talked about Schindler's List. So yeah, that's that's the other ones I really wanted to mention. But you know, like there, you know, I didn't put Mother on my list. That could have made it on there. Um, there, there were so many good movies that we covered this year. Yeah, I mean, there were there were out of the fifty, there were maybe two or three that I was like not that into, or maybe maybe five at the most. Like we saw so many good movies in this last batch, dude. It's yeah. it's awesome, and I'm thinking for the next fifty, maybe we should have a creeper category. I like because we both have had this. Like, what what's the what's the one that grew on us the most? Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get that going for the next the next cash. But we do have one more crown to give out. And Drew, I would argue that this might be the most important award of the show beyond top rope, beyond best picture. What do we got to give the last one for any loyal listeners? You know that we 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 love our our uh, our burly, our husky, <laughs> our gravelly, our controlled, our confident big dogs. Our big dogs. This is a a term that stemmed out of watching all the president's men, and Jared referring to Jason Robards as the big dog, and it's it's an. It's it's a little bit of an intangible thing. I can't totally define what the big dog is, but you know it when you see it. It's like they say about porn in the '90s. You know it when you see it. It's. I think to me there is an element of unspoken badassery, gravitas, like s- soft amazement. I don't. I don't know what it is. It's There's just, also it's a magic. cool factor. Yes. And this is gender neutral too. We should say this is yes, a gender absolutely. neutral category. I was being a little gender specific with uh, no, that's my description fine. to start, but but yes, but, it does yeah. not need to be burly and husky. You just have yep. to be confident, calm, in control, and magic. And you have to be magical with a and little with a little tinge of spice in there somewhere. Yeah, you got to be a little a little yin and the yang sort of thing, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, big dog of the year. Uh, I will just say briefly, I'm going back to the traditional structure here. I've just I don't have them yeah, numbered, so fine. I'm just going to be doing uh, my nominees. Drew, I have seven. Just so you know, I have seven people I wanted to throw out there as nominees. Okay. I can whittle it to five if you want, but I just got seven. No, I've got five. I didn't write cool. down honorable mentions either. That's I should fine. have probably, but oh, we're fine. Do you want to go through your nominees for big dog of? The 50. I'll start with the obvious one. He's already been mentioned. Jason Robards had to get nominated. I will be shocked if he doesn't make your list, unless there's some other justification for him not making it. But he makes my list. Second, this is not ranked, but second, I will list Sam Shepard. The man had two great outings in our first 50 movies with Days of Heaven and The Right Stuff. Next up, Humphrey Bogart had to make the list. Absolutely. Spencer Tracy, he was my number two in performances, had to make this list. He's an all-time big dog. All-time. Spencer Tracy is an iconic 
He's kind of what came time. to mind when I was talking about Husky and Burley. Yeah. What a Good what a what a fucking Betty guy. Trace, dude. What a guy. What a guy. What a guy. Last but certainly not least, <laughs> Dame Diana Rigg. <sighs> Talk she about is big dog a energy, big dude. Fucking dog. Yeah, dude. I and we love needed that. some feminine energy on this list. We talked about her in an, on Her Majesty's Secret Service, but let's not forget how how frightening she is in Last Night in Soho. Like she's awesome in that mm. too. So I, mm-hmm. I love that choice. I hate the way that that, that part is written, but I do like yeah. her in that. But movie. she's she's no, nothing wrong with her. She's great. All right, so I have Jason Robards as well. The original has to be said. I have Sam Shepard as well. Mm. Very similar reasons that you outlined. Um, just, just great, and maybe the best non-actor I've ever seen at acting. Like this guy was someone who like wrote and was not, did not consider himself an actor, and he's amazing. So Sam Shepard is on there. We have Bruce Willis. Okay. Bruce Willis yeah. had two big films, and one of them being The Fifth Element is maybe my favorite Bruce Bruce Willis performance of all time, and he is a big completely doctor, agree. Sure. Um, I also had Humphrey Bogart. This one was a little bit of a sleeper. Martin Balsam, he showed up a lot early, and he's he's a med dog. I'm I'm just gonna say now he's not getting it. He's <laughs> low not tier. It. He's low tier dog, but he's a dog. Martin Balsam is a dog, and I love that guy. He was in both Taking of Pelham One Two Three and Catch Twenty Two, and he's great. Um, I've got um, Clint Eastwood gets another shout out from me too. Like sure. two films icon. He is definitely a dog. And then my last nominee. Is Harry Dean Stanton. That's my last nominee. All right. So I like your list. Shall we name our winners? I think I'm ready. I'm really, I'm really unsure of my answer, but you go you go first. You go first. My big dog of the year. I felt like as much as Jason Robards is kind of the quintessential big dog, I had to go Spencer Tracy, man. Especially wow. giving Kim Hae Ja the perform the leading performance award mm-hmm. had to go Spencer Tracy. This is just he needed of. it. He and, yeah. and he deserved it. This man earned Big Dog of the Year for me. Yeah. Who are you going with? I'm I'm so torn, dude. Honestly, just because Jason Robards is the OG Big Dog, and did he have my best my favorite performances of the year? No, not really. But I look at this list we've conjured and I look at Jason Robards and I'm like, is there anyone on this list that I would want to see more than Jason Robards? And if I'm being honest with myself, the answer is no. So for me, Jason Robards is going to remain my big dog. I do not think his time at the top of my mountain is done, but I don't feel like I'm not filled with confidence in this choice. I mean, maybe we'll revise it in weeks to come. I could walk it back, but mm-hmm. I just look at the list and I'm like, Sam it has Shepherd, to be from man, the moment. So good, yeah. But it's like, Jason Robards, you know, he's just so fucking cool, man. I'm he glad is my one big of us dog. gave him the award. Yeah, because because I'm, I'm thinking like I don't think anyone unseated him for me personally. So I'm keeping Robards, but I respect and admire uh, you getting Tracy, and I like that our big dogs in the units to come are going to splinter. Like, you're going to have to ask, does this person unseat Spencer Tracy? And I'm going to have... Oh, I'm assuming we get another Tracy in there, I guess. But um, I guess that we should clear that up now. This dog needs to be in one of the 50s, right? Agreed, yes. To to remain, yes. So if for some reason we don't get another Jason Robards performance, 
then that means a new big dog is guaranteed coming in for me. So, um, so yeah, I understand Spencer Tracy though. That's great. Well, but I'm going Robards. We've got a lot of new entries into the kennel. I'll say that. Absolutely. The kennel has Absolutely. filled out. We've got our two big dogs. They're ruling the roost, but man, quite a competitive yeah. category this year. Yeah, for sure, dude. And I think it's always going to be tricky at the Unis to crown a big dog. It is. Well, I think we're going to wrap up there. That was our final award of the night. It's been a lovely night talking movies. What an evening. What, what an, an evening. evening. What an evening. It's a magical evening. <laughs> the glitz, the glamour, the stars, they all were out. The shorts I'm wearing right now, the Modelo I'm drinking that has grown room temperature. Mm. Just true Hollywood in Atlanta. <laughs> Glamorous. Love it. That's going to do it for our episode this week for Dartboard Movie Night. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Please remember to rate, review, and give us a follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. If you want to keep in touch or give us a recommendation, drop us a line at dartboardmovienight at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at dartboardmovienight. Artwork for the show was created by Veronica Roman, and all of our music is by Eric Williams. Play us out, Eric. Sorry, Mark. Later. Later.